Welcome to a very special live episode of the What's Good Games podcast. I'm Andrea Vernay, joined as always by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hi. And Miss Christine Steimer. Oh, hello. And this is your source for video game analysis, commentary, and funny stuff. If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome to What's Good Games. We are here every week, and today we are broadcasting live on Twitch.tv, on YouTube.com, and on Facebook.com, courtesy of our friends at PayPal for hashtag level the pain field. We have a lot of cool things to talk about around that hashtag and why we are here and why PayPal is partnering with us on this special event. But we're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. Um, so for now, ladies, uh, welcome back uh, from Texas. We were at RTX Austin this last weekend. Have you guys recovered? No. I don't know. I mean, Just a straight of- no. Nope. I was looking forward to coming back to some cooler weather, you know, living in western Washington. But no, today it's like 96 degrees. And I am a sweaty, boily mess of blonde hair and stink. And it's a little upsetting. But I had a wonderful time in Austin. I bet you smell like roses and flowers and maybe a little bit like bourbon. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> it was um, it was a lot of fun. It was the first time that we, as What's Good Games, went to RTX Austin. Really the first time that we I've ever been to Austin and to RTX. I know, Stimer, you've been to RTX a couple of times. Yeah, I've been, that was, I think, my... I want to say my third RTX. Uh, I could be incorrect about that. It might may have just been my second, but I have been to Austin a few times before, and I always really love that city. Great food. I got my Torchies queso, which is pretty much all I really wanted to go for anyway. Aside from meeting all of you lovely people, um, and so I was a, I was a happy camper. We're gonna time. we're gonna talk more about that Torchies story uh, in the third segment after we talk about uh, level the pain field because we have some stories and stuff that we obviously want to talk about everything that happened at RTX but we didn't really want to bog down the top of the show with just a bunch of RTX uh, discussion so we're going to kick that to the um, second half of the show and take some of your guys' questions of course those questions are coming from dear WGG that is one of our awesome tiers over at Patreon slash what's good games if you guys haven't checked it out please do so it helps us bring the show to you every week along with awesome awesome sponsors like paypal of course um if you haven't subscribed to the show either on podcast services or on youtube.com slash what's good games please do hit the subscribe button that way you'll always get notifications when our content comes up and you never have to miss an episode and if you guys want to get involved in the conversation about what we're talking about on the show today or what we're talking about on the show 
know, just in general, if you see some posts that we have, we have awesome communities that you guys can be a part of. Discord.gg slash What's Good Games. Of course, our Facebook fan page with all of our awesome mods over there. And of course, Brittany's manning the Twitter account at What's Good underscore games. Man, that's a lot of housekeeping. Britt, did I miss anything? I probably did. You did, but it's fine. We'll be here another 15 minutes if we go into it. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be keeping an eye on the chat room throughout the live broadcast today since it is the first time that we are broadcasting the... Or streaming, I guess, is the appropriate word. I once had a hosting instructor really get on my case about that. She's like, you're not broadcasting over the airwaves. You're streaming online. And I was like, oh, oh sorry. I'm streaming on the internet airwaves. I know. Hey, I, I didn't think it was like a big deal that I was using the word broadcasting. Because it's like a habit for me to say tune in. Even though technically no one's like tuning a dial for a uh-huh. signal with an antenna anymore. Right? Yeah. But it's That's just true. habit. Don't touch that dial. There's no more dials. Dials are extinct. Dials have not been around for a while. Yeah. Well, I guess technically there's still dials in cars if I you're know, scanning radio. I'm just making a blanket there's statement. There's still CRT That's not true. out there. Cyber, if you if I had made the blanket statement, you would have no, you would have gotten I'm not mad at you for pointing it out. You're correct. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I'm happy to see, uh, some folks in our Twitch chat already with my, uh, side eye emoji. <laughs> it's just very, like the best good. face and I love that it's now in emoji form. That's, uh, that's really fun. Uh, we have a lot of news to get to this week. Surprisingly, it's only Wednesday, uh, and we have a bunch of stuff, uh, to get to. So we are going to get to that in just a second, but I thought it would be fun to maybe start a new thing on the show, kind of um, where we get to spotlight some of our community members or some friends of the show or just some people that we do, we think are doing some cool stuff. And so I'm going to start with our shout out of the week. And now this is uh, a guy that I've known for a really long time in the video games, media business, friend of the show, Scott C. Jones. You might have recognized him from various outlets in the past, most notably Electric Playground. Um, he launched his own podcast just a few weeks back. It's called Heavily Pixelated, and it focuses on human stories around video games and the positive things that video games do for us. So when he first reached out to me and told me he was doing the show, I was like, that sounds really cool. I love hearing those kind of human stories that really kind of give video games a more personal appearance and a more personal touch. Obviously, as big fans of games, like everyone who's watching this show is, we understand that. But sometimes I think we forget that People out there have similar stories to us, and it's a way for us all to connect just a little bit more. Um, one example I wanted to bring up was an episode that he released recently called Ashley. Uh, so each of his episodes focuses on like a single person and their story. And in this episode, Scott speaks to his old friend about her time with the Mass Effect franchise and how playing as Femshep helped her transition from her former life as a man into a transgender woman that she is today. And I thought that it was a really inspiring story and it was really interesting kind of hearing where they became friends and if you guys want to check out some of the awesome storytelling that Scott is doing over there at Heavily Pixelated, please do check it out on podcast services again, Heavily Pixelated. So uh, congrats, Scott, on launching your show. Trust me, we all know just how hard that is, which we talked <laughs> about at our panel at RTX, which we're going to talk about later in the show. Um, but for now, Let's go ahead and get into the news, shall we? So, Brittany, I have to ask. Yes. Did you wake up and watch the Nintendo Smash Ultimate Direct? Of course I did. I, was <laughs> I saw you six, set an alarm. I was about 6.55, and I was like, oh, where's my iPad? Because uh, I was half wait, dead. I set that early. 
For me, that's early. I, I, okay. I average bedtime around like maybe one, one thirty. Oh, you know, okay. you work from home, you tend to have really bad sleeping habits. So that was early for me. I woke Jason up. He put on his glasses. We both had our mouth guards in. It was very romantic date watching the Smash <laughs> uh, Direct this morning. <laughs> but were you lifting all over the place? We're like, oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. I lift with my Bell mouth guard in too. It's it's yeah, just it was, a thing. <laughs> um cool so i mean i have a write-up here with uh which is from game informer i'm not going to possibly be able to read this all because it was a very long direct and they talked about a lot of stuff um but they of course revealed several new fighters in the game we've got simon belmont richter belmont Krom, which is an echo fighter of Ike Roy, and then we've got Dark Samus, which is an echo fighter of Samus. King K. Rule from Donkey Kong Country will also be a fighter in the game. Uh, just so you know, Richter is, of course, the echo fighter of Simon. Britt, what did you think about all of these reveals? I think these are characters that people have been asking for a while, specifically from the Castlevania series. I haven't played a lot of Castlevania in my time, but I know they've been a, like a super-duper requested feature. When King K. Rule came out, I think I'm going to get real good at King K. Rule. Yeah. That is so exciting. He's so fun. And I loved how uh, when you're watching his movesets, it's just like his movesets in Donkey Kong Country, where he's shooting the cannonballs out, where he's throwing his crown at you. Simer's angry and shaking her fist. Yeah, that because I, I just did that boss battle again in Not that February long ago. this year. Not that long ago. Like, I just went through and re-beat Donkey Kong Country. And I remember that stupid boss fight and being like, oh man, you gotta like move quickly in between the cannonballs. Mm-hmm. And then they have the fake out like where you finally get through all the things and you think you've won and you put the controller down and then he gets back up and kills you and you rage yeah. and the controller a little bit. Yeah, it's true. So I'm really excited. Um, obviously no Western characters, no new reveals, third party Western character. But reveals. you guys weren't really expecting that. Were you? No. I know, I know no, no, Tim no. and I were talking about that. it on games daily. Um, earlier this week, but... I wouldn't be surprised if we see them down the line. And sadly, no Gino from Super Mario RPG. That was like, Are you sad there was no... Wah! Wow, Luigi. No, no, no. That's, that's going to be like the, the Trump card. At the very end, they're going to be like, boom, here you go. And everyone, shut up. And then it's going to be awesome. And he's going to be way OP. More OP than Bayonetta. That. Way more OP than Bayonetta. Way OP than Ridley, because I played Ridley at E3. And he... She, excuse me. Way OP. So... Character-wise, good surprise. Yeah, it was interesting. Somebody pointed out that conspicuously in the background of the set that they were on, there was a a yellow and a purple chair. I'm telling you, it's happening. Did you notice that? No, I I didn't, but I'm telling you, it just plays into my theory that it's going to happen. And then I'm going to drop... I'm going to drop Link, I'm going to drop Fridley, drop King K. Rule, and then Luigi is going to be my man. And then, smashes out. Wah. Sorry, that's all I do. This is my one contribution. To the Smash. I know it makes me it makes me miss our good friend uh, Miss Alexa Ray because you know she would be going all in on the wares right now for uh, for a while, Luigi. Um, let me get to a little bit more of this news. So uh, we have some new stage announcements. There's going to be a hundred and three stages. In Smash Ultimate, Dracula's Castle is a new stage. It will include bosses and items from the Castlevania series. Um, we've got things like Great Bay from Majora's Mask, Shadow of Moses from Metal Gear Solid, uh, the Pokemon Stadium, Garden of Hope from Pikmin, Magnificent from Earthbound, Final Destination 
Uh, surprise, it says, uh, a gamer from Game & Wario. There's a bunch um, of new stages. Britt, what's your fave? Magicant. Magicant. Uh, it's an Earthbound stage, and it wasn't the 3DS version of Smash 4, but now it's coming to Ultimate, and I there's little walking sprouts everywhere, and those are enemies that drain your PP in Earthbound, and they're real butts. PP is a real thing. I'm not. Trendy. I know. I know. I know okay. that it is. I, I was just gonna. Let, I was just gonna let it go. So what? Wait. What's 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 PP? I, I can't believe like, I asked that. It, what like, is it? Psychic points, okay. and it lets you cast like usually MP, mana, or magic points. It's like psychic points, and you get to do things with it, and it's awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I love your enthusiasm for this because um, when I was talking to Tim, he was like, you're not excited for this at all. And I was like, eh? Eh. I told him that I would try to play it when it came out. But um, a couple of more I'll things. I'll just fall off the world. Wait, what? Because that's, that's, I said, I'll just fall off the world. That's what happens to me in every, like anytime we sit down to play Smash, there's so many things happening. I think for some reason, my brain does this weird thing where I think of another character, even though I know who I started playing as like, for instance, if I'm playing Pikachu and your Brits playing King K K rule, even though they are vastly different characters, I'll be like, Oh, I like that character. I am that character. Like I just like, will reattach my brain to a different part of the like thing that's happening on the screen. And then I will fall off the world because I don't know what I'm doing because I'm not looking at the right character. It's just a mess. I'm a mess. I can't play those games. Yeah. I know, I know that feeling. Uh, I told him I'm just such a sore loser that I wouldn't be able to play because that would mean that I would have to practice a lot in order to get good. And who's got time for that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> um, so a couple other facts I'm going to rattle off here. There will be an option to make stages change in the middle of a fight. There will be more than 800 music tracks in the game. There will be 28 hours of music in the game total. Stamina battle will now be treated wow. as one of the standard modes. You can select the option for everyone's final smash to be connected to a charge meter, but players will not be able to execute the final smash simultaneously. Built-in tournament options. The training mode will now have an exclusive stage that will feature lots of additional details about what is happening. Hey, thanks, because it's supposed to be training. Like meters that show where fighters will potentially land at different hit percentages. And single-player mode is called classic mode, and it will feature specific fights and stages for each fighter. Uh, a couple of new items that they uh, showed off at the Direct. There's a new item that looks like a gun but fires a single bullet. A new sword item called the Killing Edge. A new type of bomb item. Death Scythe. Scythe? Death's Scythe. That's a hard thing to say. It's a new <laughs> item and will deliver an instant KO. And there's a new staff that shoots magic. An evil mushroom that will reverse your opponent's controls. And Rage Blaster will do more damage depending on your damage percentage. Britt, we have now come to the point where I am going to talk about the Pokemon. Oh. In Smash. Are you going to lose your mind? Yeah, let's do this. Oh, I'm so I've been looking forward to this all day. Also, I don't want to upset oh, well. anyone. Is is Ridley a he or a she in, in Metroid? I am not familiar with the franchise. I have no idea. I don't know I what Ridley's pronouns are. I think I said she, but now I think... Someone in the chat probably knows. Let's take a look at the yeah. chat and find out. I don't want to offend anyone. I apologize. While they're, while they're getting it. back to right us, now. Um, Wait, what? I'm going to Google it. You Google it. Uh, Britt, I think I'm going to actually pass the baton to you here because otherwise I'm definitely going to sh- destroy the names of these Pokemon. Okay. Let me get to the Pokemon in Smash. Alolan Executor is now a Pokemon in the game. Says gender is Ridley male. is a dude. Someone in the chat says Shadow Drag. Yeah, Ridley says All male. Right. There we go. Uh, Alolan Ex- Executor. So fun fact. Execute is my second favorite Pokemon behind coughing, so this is very exciting. Abra is now a Pokemon. 
So, oh gosh. See now, see once you get past Gen One, then it all gets sorts of confusing. Sol Galeo. Sol Galeo. Sol Galeo. Lunella. Luna. See, why are you Lunella? coming to me now? I'm the one who messed up Laprosse. <laughs> Many fair point. That's a good point. Piyuku Vulpix. And a Vulpix. Marshadow and Ditto. Ditto is great. Piyukumuku. This is so silly. I mean, come on. There's like 700 of these little things. Pokemon. Yeah, um, just start throwing random letters next to each other to come up with new names. How do you exactly. how do you feel about how do you feel about all these Pokemons? Uh, all these I like Pokemons. it. Did you just call them Pokemons? I did, <laughs> but for dramatic effect, I think it's uh, fun to say. Uh, the Pokemon, the Pokemons. I think it's, you them. I think this is awesome. I think this is fun. You know, I know a lot of people play Smash competitively. I am not one of those people, so I like to see all the assist trophies and see all the items in Pokemon that pop up. So I will be very happy to see all of, especially Ditto. I want to see a purple Link running around and kicking butt. Ditto seems cool. I'm into. I, I love Vulpix just because Vulpix is adorable. And is Mimi Kuyu the sad ghost Pokemon that looks like Pikachu? Is Mimi that you? Let me Mimikyu. Oh, Mimikyu. That's what it is. Ah, Mimikyu. Not Mimikyu. Oh, jeez. Wow. Take away my nerd yeah. card. Get a corner off. Take it away. Hide it from me. Never yeah, yeah, weird. Yes, you're right. It does look like a sad, like a a sad Pikachu with a weird squiggly yeah. line mouth, right? And like the dark yeah, eyes. That's good warps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the problem is I've never seen it spelled out before. But now I see it. I'm like, oh, that's, that's clever. See, this is the problem with, uh, with Pokemon in like, general. I hope you yeah. folks out there listening don't aren't rolling your eyes and being like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I don't know how to say all the Pokemons. Roll I, your we eyes. apologize on the behalf of Pocket Monsters Everywhere that we messed up your name. <laughs> um, I, I have you. a list of uh, assist trophies that was also announced. Alucard from Castlevania, Zero from Mega Man X, Knuckles from Sonic, Crystal from Star Fox, Claptrap from Donkey Kong Country, Captain from Animal Crossing, Chef Kowalski from Kirby, Gray Fox from Metal Gear Solid, Niki from Swap Doodle, Shovel Knight, The Moon from Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, yes. and Rothalos from Monster Hunter is both a boss and an assist trophy so um that's quite a few characters from different properties i know uh we were looking and hoping that we would see a bunch of non-nintendo characters announced today to kind of like um you know uh diversify the roster that is in smash so um i'm gonna be honest i have uh always been forthcoming about my lack of knowledge about smash Brittany, what is an assist trophy an assist trophy is an item that pops up in the match. Now, here's the thing, is I'm not incredibly familiar with assist trophies either, but when I played at E3, it's an item that pops up, and whoever claims it, it does something for them. That is my understanding of an assist trophy. So it's like an item. So it's like a boosty boost. That does a thing for you. Yeah, a boosty boost. That's a great way to put it. A boosty boost. According to the wiki... An assist trophy is an item that, when grabbed, summons a character out of various origins to temporarily aid the holder. There we go. Assist trophies that function nearly right. identical to Pokeballs. However, no Pokemon come out of them. And once an assist trophy is grabbed, it is automatically activated only if the holder is standing on the ground without any leg of any kind. My problem is whenever I would grab one, I would throw it off the edge, and it was really a sad Whoops. moment. Because <laughs> you were like, I choose you! <laughs> yeah. 
Well, no, everything's so heavy. Like, that's not how this works. And then the Pokeball plummeted, stories blow and fell to its death, and it was very sad. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was right. funny. <laughs> Um, I'm just imagining poor Brittany being like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to use that. And they're just constantly throwing it away. Oh, You're just like, yep. where'd That's it go? Sad day. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, a new mode was teased on the main menu, yet it was mosaicked out. And director Masahiro Sakurai said they couldn't talk about it yet. And then they also announced some hardware. Nintendo Switch Smash Limited Edition in Europe only included the package. There will be a copy of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, excuse me, Super Smash Bros. Edition Nintendo GameCube controller and a Nintendo GameCube adapter. They did not announce a price for this bundle. And as of right now, it's Europe only. There was no North American bundle that they have revealed, which is an interesting choice. Um, and I think Americans don't like Smash. So I got to rewind a little bit. Okay. That blurred out thing has been translated and discovered oh. and figured out. Okay. Lay it, it on us. The spirits. And it's green. So the theory running amok the internet is that if it's green and it says spirits. Now, if you watch the Nintendo Direct, you saw in the very beginning, poor Luigi had a heck of a time. He <laughs> That's putting it mildly. So, I mean, he died. He died. He, there's, yeah, and his eyes roll the back of his head. He gets flashed open. He got his murdered. His spirit comes out. So the thought is that this could be an adventure mode following spirits, like maybe Luigi and you follow oh. his story and, or something like that. Welcome to my story. I'm the ghost <laughs> of Luigi. Please fight all of these creatures to avenge my death. That's the noise he would make. That's you know. about it. I hope it's an adventure mode of some sorts. We are getting classic mode, which I'm really excited about. It was something I played a whole butt ton on the N64 version and Melee, and even in Brawl a little bit. But uh, it's generally, you know, defeat these opponents to proceed. And sometimes you'll get an AI partner, and you'll fight, like, two Marios at once or something like that. And it's just you defeat them to proceed. Adventure mode is a little different in the sense that it has platforming. It has some sort of, you know, underground mazes. It has beat the timer. It's a little more thematic, and there are some cinematics thrown in there. And we haven't had, I don't think, a proper adventure mode in a while. So I'm definitely excited to play this for classic mode. I feel like if there's something that is enticing about, like, getting in and playing all, all these characters, it's classic mode. Because then it's, you know, you can just try to master every character, knowing that all the characters are in here. I feel like I'm up for the challenge. I'm not going to ask you to play so with me, Simon, because I know you content. won't. Of course we're not, but <laughs> this, I mean, maybe if I, like, went to your house, but, like, I wouldn't, like, we could, uh, here we on the internet. It. What's that mode that they announced? The, uh, the, oh, I don't know, what, remember what, squad strikes. That's a three on three or five on five, um, mode we could do. You don't want me on your team, girl. No, I do. I, I just want you to fall off so I get do better than you do. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> Make me look good. What a true uh, friend would say, right, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> what a true I, I mean, friend would say. I think this is obviously say. a very, this was a very exciting direct. It's, but what I'm really, I'm still super interested in on in this, is how they're going to run the online components of it because we haven't seen anything about online yet. Are they going to have a proper tournament mode? What are the capabilities going to be? So I think obviously there's still a lot more to come, you know. So we'll see. Excited. 
All right. Well, that's probably going to wrap it up for us uh, on the Smash Ultimate Direct that happened. I have no doubt that we'll hear more about Smash before it's launched in December later this year. Um, uh, let's move on, shall we, to Mega Evolutions coming to Pokemon Let's Go. Now, I know this isn't like a gigantic story, but I wanted to throw it in here since um, we have our resident Pokemon expert, Miss Brittany Brombacher Hello. here. Hi. So this write-up comes from IGN. It says, it looks like the popular Mega Evolutions introduced in Pokemon X and Y are making their way to Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. This news comes from Pokemon fan site Sarah B, which scanned pages from the latest issue of Japanese gaming magazine Koro Koro. The scans show off Mega Evolutions for the final evolutions of all three first generation starter Pokemon, Mega Charizard, Charizard? Charizard. Charizard. <laughs> I did that just for funsies because oh, I know like, you ate Oh it. my god. Did you see how patient uh, I was with you? I didn't. I signed oh, I wasn't. I was like, Charizard. <laughs> Time was like, you said it wrong. Uh, Blastoise and Venusaur. Venusaur? Venusaur. Venusaur. Venusaur? Like Venus. Venus. Got it. Yeah, Venus. Venusaur. Um, it appears uh, the way makers will, uh, players will make evolve their Pokemon is similar in past games. And there's no word if, po- if other Pokemon in the game will receive Mega Evolutions that haven't before. Um, and... They also showed off the nefarious Team Rocket members, Jesse and James, which will engage players in double battles. Okay, that sounds fun. Of course, Let's Go is coming to Switch November 16th. They have, Wait, what they have hit my nostalgia button from the anime now. Oh, yeah? I'm like, oh, Jesse and James are in this? Jesse <laughs> and James. Color me interested. Yeah. Did you know that they are also in Pokemon Yellow? No. Did not? Yeah, yeah, they are. They have a few cameos in Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon's one of those games where I played red and blue nonstop because my sister and I would just switch cartridges. But after that, we, we like only hopped in every now and again. We didn't like play every single Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, you forgot about Lieutenant Surge, aka the Lightning American. Oh my gosh. Million so City Thunderbird. Let's go. Raichu's Raichu. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pikachu Katie's versus butt. Raichu. Go! Woohoo! So Mega Evolution. Andrew, name. You have to have a Mega Ring and you have to have a Mega Stone. And essentially what it does is it gives your Pokemon a boost of attack power and it can sometimes change their type. So if you have a Char- Charizard, or a Charizard as you like to say, it's a <gasps> fire flying Pokemon. But if in, in Pokemon X, I want to say it is, it turns into a, a fire dragon Pokemon. So it can change their type and change the appearance. And so it's just kind of like a you're super powerful now, blah, blah, go on with your bad self. And there are more than just Venusaur, Blastoise, and Charizard Mega Evolutions. Um, no, obviously, word if they're coming. I want to see a freaking Mega Weezing, which is the evolution of Coughing. Coughing! Coughing's the purple, okay. the purple guy that I... Do you have your Coughing with I you don't. over there? No. Is it within reach? No, it's downstairs on the couch. The first thing my dog okay. tried to do is eat it, and I got really sad, but he's fine now. So I'm so Brittany picked up a cute coughing uh, at RTX and it's adorable and it's got lots of little nubbies. So I'm looking at the mega evolutions on mm-hmm. this page. The only one I am confused by is it looks like there's a Charizard that turns into a black and blue dragon. That's Char. That's <laughs> okay. If you use Charizard X, that's the call. That's the name of the mega stone. It turns into. That Charizard. If you use a Charizardite Y, it turns into a Charizard that looks similar to the Charizard that you're familiar with. 
Yeah. But he just, he looks a little different. More He powerful. looks, he looks more, str- I want to say streamlined, but that's probably not the right word. He looks smoother and like more majestic in the mega evolution. He has like a horn on his head. Yeah. And then yeah. the Blastoise looks, he just got like a mega art- artillery gun down the middle of a shell mm-hmm. uh, instead of the two side ones. Well, also in addition to two side ones, but, um, Venusaur looks suspiciously the same. <laughs> I don't know. He's got like some war paint on his face, maybe. And like the, the head flower has changed. They didn't get the treatment that the child was. Yeah, clearly yeah. this one was not as loved. Andrea, but. did you see my tweet when I, I tweeted you a word I wanted you to try to say seductively into the microphone? Uh, yes, I did. Before I say it, I just want to give a shout out. Abe Froman three says Brit is the Pokemon Rosetta Stone. That is true. You really <laughs> That's are. Um, I think I believe the word was Blastoise. Ooh, are we gonna, like tonight? ASMR Pokemon names now? <laughs> <laughs> it's our new show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ASMR Pokemon. We, yeah, we need to come it's up gonna with a show. It's going to be a great hit. I know. Where it. we just drink a few alcoholic beverages and try to run through all of the Pokemon names. What could go wrong? We could do oh, that. Man. It could happen. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do you have any other uh, uh, thoughts about uh, this announcement, Britt, are you uh, are you satiated with the reporting of this story? I'm very satiated. Thank you, Andrea, for asking. Wonderful. I have a pillow here. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I have a pillow. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, this one is going to be a little bit interesting um, because we're live on Wednesday. And thank you so much to everybody who is in the chat room and for showing up tonight. Um Red Dead Redemption 2 gameplay reveal announced. So this is happening Thursday morning. Um, so I decided, wouldn't it be fun if we toss to some correspondence future Brit and future Andrea? Because we're going to record something tomorrow morning. I don't even Ooh. know if you're around, Brit. I didn't ask you. I was supposed to ask you before we started recording the show oh, tonight. Around hey, are you I'm... around after the announcement? I know. Wait, what time? timer is is do it's 11 a.m. in the morning. Eastern. Shoot. Eastern. So what time is that? Eight. That's uh 8 a.m. Oh, wait. Um Pacific time? I might I might be able to do a thing. Maybe you can push your adult things to later in the yeah. morning and you and future Steimer can also join as a correspondent? Yeah, maybe. We'll co- we'll see. We'll coordinate. Like, it. I have but to what be I a wanted part to do was insert something here <laughs> about what we saw. <laughs> Um, because word on the street is that it's going to be pretty extensive, um, showing, and obviously we haven't seen gameplay yet, really. We've seen a little bit of like in engine stuff or whatever in some of the trailers, but, uh, I'm excited for this. So here is where I'm going to do like a, wait, hold on. I, I want to do a, insert a, not something, a prediction, but like a podcast. hope, a hope for future Steimer, Brittany and Andrea to see. <laughs> and that is, I hope they show somebody trying to knife a bear. It's just what I hope. I don't that think it'll a happen. Specific hope, but it's because when I 100% Red Dead Redemption, one of the things you have to do in order to do that is to knife a bear to death. You have to kill the bear by using only a knife, <laughs> and it was the most ridiculous thing ever because you can't turn on a dime in that game. So you're just doing weird circles around this bear, swinging a knife like a madman. So I hope they won't do it, but it would be really funny if they did. We do Anyways. have a dear WGG. Patron question about Ooh. this. Ooh. Okay. For Mitch Crassen. When it comes to Red Dead, what do you think Rockstar can do to get 
over new players to this new game. I'm slightly interested, but having not played the first one myself, I don't have any connection to the characters. Do you think anything tomorrow could change that? I mean, I guess it depends on you, but... Well, I'm with you there. So somebody tweeted recently that the billboards are now going up. So there's these giant advertisements with like single profile character shots like we've seen from GTA and from Red Dead in the past. And so it kind of really puts a spotlight on like who these characters are and what they're doing in this universe. Um, I hope that we learn a little bit more about them, but I doubt we're going to get like a deep dive into who they are because I feel like they're going to focus more just on like mechanics, like what you can do in Red Dead, um, which is what we've seen from their GTA trailers in the past. Like check out this actiony thing you can do over here and you can race cars over here. And this is all the things you can do in the world of GTA five. Um, I think that's probably what we're going to see tomorrow, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe we will. I'm with you, Mitch, that I don't have a like a, a deep yearning to play Red Dead in the same way as a lot of you out there do. And I know, you know, both Brittany and Steimer are super excited for this game. I am actually more excited for this game than I was for the launch of GTA five because I think Westerns are just a little bit more up my Because horses are better alley. than cars. <laughs> true it's true horses always trump cars i would much rather ride a horse than drive a car in any video and you can go find the prettiest horse out of the world and make it yours i mean what i would say is you don't need to know red dead redemption to understand red dead redemption 2 i think there will be those moments for players who have played red dead redemption will think oh hey i remember that character oh i slightly understand that plot point a little bit more but if you if you're worried about you know not having played the first one you're like oh don't worry about it also, my first thought upon reading this question was, well, if Western GTA doesn't sound good to you, then I don't know what will. But then I started thinking about it. I said, okay, obviously I'm very hyped about this game. Has the footage we've seen from Rockstar actually been that enticing lately? Or are we just super excited about it because we're just big fans? I think I don't know the if I can trailers I've seen so far haven't done anything to blow my socks off. Like, There's nothing wildly different here. Um, it's very good looking and it seems very it seems like a thing that will be similar i think what's going to differentiate it is the characters and story um and i don't know how it's going to play out because i still don't know about the guy you play as arthur bergen like i don't i don't know that i like him enough to want to be him for a very long time um but those are all questions we will be answered later (laughs) But I'm still like excited not gonna regardless. Pre- Even if I hate this guy, I'm forced to play as him. I'm still going to run around the world and like grab a horse and just look at stuff and like knife a bear. Knife a bear cuz for posterity. <laughs> um I am with you in the sense that um I I obviously I'm not going to have like a deep connection to this character when Red Dead Redemption 2 was first announced was when Westworld had like just uh ended season 1 and I was like but I want Dolores as the lead character but after seeing what happens with Dolores in season 2 maybe I don't want Dolores as the lead character um but I am with you that I I just need to see more I'm excited for it because I think we all can agree on one thing and that is that Rockstar makes amazing excellent fantastically executed video games and whether or not you like the narrative i think is obviously going to be incredibly subjective what isn't subjective is that 
they make some of the best video games in the business. And that to me alone has given me enough faith in them as a studio and a publisher to go out on a limb and try something that maybe if this was coming from somebody else that I might not have tried. If this was a big open world Western game from a different studio that maybe I didn't have as much faith in, I probably might put it on my skip list, but it's from Rockstar. You don't skip Rockstar games. You got to play it. So we will put in, we will insert here now. I'm going to make the time right here uh, where Britt and I will give some impressions on the gameplay reveal tomorrow. So here's a break. Insert here. Hey, everybody. This is your special morning after report from future Brett, future Steimer, and future Andrea. <laughs> um, we, of course, just watched the brand new gameplay trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2, and we have some thoughts about it. Hopefully, you guys have taken the time to watch it because, man, it sure is pretty. How about them horsies, Steimer? The horsies, <laughs> real good. Real, real good. I mean, there's, 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 a lot of stuff happening here. Um, we can Lay talk about the horses it. first. Do you want to talk about the horses yes. first? Okay, so we've got number one. It was, it's been interesting this morning because I think before I always just like thought like, oh, you know, this game looks good. But I think for whatever reason this morning, like really drove it home. Like, holy goodness gracious. This is a beautiful game. And like the animations and the way that the animals move is really cool too. So the horses in particular, like, um, it's, so it shows, uh, you, AKA Arthur Morgan, um, at certain points, like riding on, riding on a horseback. There's one moment where I assume he's taming a wild horse. So it seems like that's back. Um, you can also buy horses at the towns. Like, uh, you're going in and speaking with a guy running a stable. You're like, Oh, I need a horse that does this thing. Cool. So like, so basically before horses were sort of um, delineated by just like their stamina. Like, so if your horse could run for a really long time, that was kind of like the best horse. Um, but now it seems like there are different types of horses. You see a basically sort of a Clydesdale, like a working horse in there as well. Um, and you also see like fording a river, like Oregon Trail style, which is pretty fun. <laughs> um, and so like, it, it seems like you're going to need different horses for different tasks. I don't know what all these tasks are that you'd be doing. Because I still feel like you'd want the horse with the best stamina for most of these missions. You're trying to, like, get around the world. So the guy who can run the fastest and the longest is probably what you're going to go for. probably, like, personality traits. Are they easily spooked? Do they have long stamina? Stuff like that is my guess. Yeah. And so bonding I wonder if there's... Okay. I wasn't, I was gonna say, I wonder if there's like a horse you're gonna want that can carry a lot more stuff. Cause encumbrance is a thing that I always hate in these kinds of games. So if, there, I, if there's a horse that's got like extra, extra inventory space, then that, that, me and that horse here are gonna be BFF. Well, yeah, the, the horses you can add saddlebags to, which then increase, you can carry more, more things. Um, I don't know how that's distributed per horse. Like, I don't know if the faster horses can't carry as much or if, so, like, you might need to, like, take a Clydesdale around, but then you wouldn't really want to because you'd be like, moving this is slow. annoying and I'm moving much slower than the other horse. Um, they didn't quite go into, like, the details on that, but it's a thing you can kind of presume. Um, bonding is back. So, like, before, it was sort of like, I would call, I'll call it light bonding in uh, in Red Dead Redemption. Like, you could feed them apples, and, like, the more you used a particular horse, the more it theoretically... Like, um, so likes you and like will be less spooked and that kind of thing 
that's back here uh seems a little bit more involved maybe like you see him brushing the horse and and talking to it which is kind of nice um and you're like hello horse friend be my friend super <laughs> super much i don't know it's what like i'm saying the it's early but uh i was we're in uh, breath of the wild right more excited i'm hoping that the like we're like oh it won't be as spooked in certain situations of like Please, dear God, because I accidentally killed my horse in Red Dead Redemption a few times because it ran in front of my gun. It was like what? I dropped it off. Like I dropped. I was like, OK, I'm going into to this um, like a gang hideout or something. So I'm going to park my horse out here. You stay here, horse. I sneak up and then like. But as soon as the guns start firing, the horse gets spooked and it started to like run around like a crazy person. And then it just like it was one of those things where I was lining up the shot. For a dude in the corner, and instead horse ran through and pew, headshot, and I was like, "But I will!" <laughs> Is that exactly the sound you made? I, something similar, yes, but probably with curse words. It was just like a really bizarre moment. So I need to bond with the horse ASAP so that they're less spooked. They can chill outside while I go in and do my business and like don't have to worry about it. It certainly seems as if there's no shortage of things to do in the world of Red Dead 2, which is not a surprise. We anticipated that coming. I was interested to see how, I mean, they didn't really show too much of this in the trailer, but how your choices as Arthur are really going to affect the rest of the world and how they noted that you can play as a good guy or you don't have to. I'm I always do like an altruistic run. Like that's just, I can't, I don't like playing the bad guy in video games. So I'm definitely going to play that way, but it still feels like it's so heavily revolves around committing acts of violence and committing crimes. And I'm, I'm kind of conflicted about that. Are you guys conflicted or are you just like video games? I'm on, I'm all aboard now. Like, yeah. I don't know why, but so like the fact that, um, they told us that you can like sort of be a, a slightly nicer Arthur Morgan or a slightly more like a Robin Arthur Hood Morgan. Um, I'm like, okay, cool. I have no issues with robbing people. That's not, I don't care. Um, <laughs> no, but I, as I long as I don't you. have to be a jerk about it. Yeah. Cause I feel like in the trailers we've seen, he just looks like a butt and it's like, you yeah. look like a butt, sir. And I don't want to be a butt in this video game. And. <laughs> I understand. Sometimes, you know, it's the Wild West. You're running from the outlaws. You don't want to live that civilized life. So you have to commit certain crimes. That was a good accent. Thank you. Thanks, Simer. I'll do that for you whenever you want. Um, I also thought it was interesting, and I don't know if this was the last one, Simer. Let me know. But they, you can diffuse, antagonize, threat, dismiss, rob, call out, or greet people now, which I thought it was interesting. So if there is someone on the road that's like, oh, goodness, help me, you can just leave them alone. You can try to diffuse someone trying to shoot you. I don't know. Before, it was, it was mostly like... um if you came across a thing like a person along the side of the road, you could like just put your gun up mm-hmm. and like, that was kind of, I think like the one like thing you could really do to them, uh, which you can still do here. You can still be like, like there's a, a button prompt. That's like, Rob, <laughs> I rob <Yeah>. you. <laughs> uh, so if you want to be jerk face McGee, Arthur Morgan, you could do that. Um, I, what I thought was super interesting was that in one of the parts you have the wanted thing up. I can't remember exactly what you did in that situation. Cause it tells you what you're wanted for, but I forgot already. I could probably just scrub through and watch. But anyways, um, you're with the sheriff and like you are able to talk your way out of the wanted, which I think is pretty interesting because usually to get out of a wanted status, you have to like break line of sight, hide somewhere like 
uh, get at, basically like they just have to lose track of you. But so the, the fact that you can, I'm assuming for more minor incidences, um, be like, no, oh, sorry, man, <laughs> just a misunderstanding. You were wanted for unarmed assault. Okay, Wait, so no. you punched a Hold dude. Hold on. Punched a dude. No, no, wanted interrogating, it says. What? A witness is for unarmed assault. So it doesn't really say what you're wanted for. Oh, okay. But in a lot of the other ones, it does. It's like wanted, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't know what you did in that particular situation with the sheriff, but the fact that you can talk him down is pretty interesting because in Red Dead um, Redemption, you could like pay your bounty or you could sit in jail yeah, for a bit. I mean, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'm also curious because you can form friendships or make enemies. Now, I'm not expecting some Bioware level, you know, hard choices here where you know you're going to make someone real upset or they're going to be your friend. I'm still. I'm just really curious to see how that all plays out. That wasn't super. That wasn't a really big element in the last one, was it? I only played Red Dead once, and I loved it. I'm like, I don't want to play it again because that was like such a fun experience for me. But I also only played it once. I just played it a lot, a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I even I this morning have gone back through to try like the wikis and stuff to try and remember certain things because it's just been a very long time, um, and your brain is is not the best at remember remembering things accurately. Yeah. But, but luckily, we've got lots of other outlets out there who've got dedicated teams hard at work breaking down this trailer frame by frame as we speak um, over on GameSpot. They have a little bit of information in a pair of blink and you'll miss it cameos. We see both Abigail Marston and her son Jack in this trailer. Both of them are sitting at a campfire as the gang gathers around it. In a separate scene, Abigail talks to Morgan one on one, and the mini map at one point shows an, shows an A icon, possibly for Abigail. It seems the whole Marston family will factor into it this. Conspicuously absent is John Marston's daughter, who is mentioned but unnamed in the first Red Dead Redemption. She was said to have died of, of a fever a couple years after he left Dutch's gang, so it's possible she'll factor into the story too and simply wasn't seen in the footage released today. Alter- alternately, she could have both been born and passed away after Marston left the gang. Yeah. It doesn't really ever say, I don't think, how old she was. So, like, she might not be in existence yet. <laughs> but uh, she might be just a little egg. Um, <laughs> so, the, so the camp. The camp is super interesting because, I mean, I didn't play it, but, Brittany, did you get Final Fantasy vibes at all? Were you like, oh, my God, we're hanging around the campfire. We're all bro friends. And we, <laughs> we, no. <laughs> okay. I did, but I also didn't play that game. There so I was go. just like, ah, fun campfire situation. Um, I thought this was really cool because obviously in Red Dead Redemption, you go back to your house. Like, you go back to your wife and your kid. Um, but it, you don't really have what it looks like here, which is like a really involved ecosystem of people and like uh, – you know, you need to do tasks to, like, make sure that the camp is doing well. Um, for instance, if we're like, hey, we're low on food, like, you may need to go hunt some things. You also, seems like you'll build bonds with these people as you do. And, like, uh, they mentioned each member of the gang, like, you'll kind of get to know over the course of the game, which is fun, especially for anybody who played Red Dead Redemption. You're, like, like me, probably very much looking forward to getting to know a younger John Marston. Um, and... Then like they'll give you quests and stuff like as you as you go on. So I think that that's really cool. And the camp also moves. And like I said, like the horses fording the river, that was 
I assume like one of the one of the key points where your camp will need to move because you're wanted and you can't can't stay still, man. I hope you don't have to hunt to keep the camp morale high because as soon as I saw that in the trailer, I was like, oh, God, save the K2 vibes. Too much pressure. If it's yeah, if it's too much, that could get annoying. Hopefully, at least you could delegate if you didn't want to be like if you've built a bond with John, for instance, maybe you can be like, hey, John. We really need some food. Please go hunt. That'd be awesome. Because, like, theoretically, you're one of the top dudes in this gang, yeah. right? Like, so you should be able to delegate stuff. Um, they obviously didn't. This is all speculation. I have no idea if whether or not that's a thing. But um, hunting is the other thing that you could do very much. You could very much do in Red Dead Redemption. But this has changed and evolved um, more so than some of the other things that I saw. And so hunting in Red Dead Redemption, as you might remember, is mostly you running around on your horse with your gun. Um, dead eyeing things from a distance <laughs> and then hopping off your horse skinning it and then leaving and you could kind of just murder you could kill like so many things at once if you wanted to um it seems like they're sort of toning that down and making hunting feel i want to say a little more realistic granted i've never been hunting Brittany, you have i think yeah yes yeah. So, like, maybe you can. Speak you don't want to that kill multiple more. things at once and leave it on the ground and skin it. That is an awful, terrible, inhumane thing to do. Right. So they've. They, they it seems like they've sort of gone back. Now you can use a bow and arrow. So um, Red Dead Redemption, you you just had, you're just shooting things with guns. Um, this you're like got to be kind of quiet. You're stalking your prey. If you lose your prey, you have to like track it back down. Um, with some sort of like a weird pheromone trail that looks like it's <laughs> happening. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and you have to be mindful of what you kill because you can't, if you kill too much, you can't carry it with you. So now you have to take the carcass back to camp in order to skin it, get the meat, sell it, whatever you want to do with it. Whereas before you were just like, I have a meat, I have a pelt, like whatever from just grabbing it off of the ground. Um, you're not really doing that anymore. So I think the only times you're really going to be uh, firing from the hip, if you will, to kill something is when, like they showed in the trailer, a wild animal attacks you. So they showed I saw a, a bear. gator. Bear. Hmm? <laughs> then I saw a bear. You saw a bear. The bear was fighting the wolves. So I was like, all right, bear, you hang out over there. Um, but the alligator was very much like in your way, like, rah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm I imagine that's the sound an alligator. alligator <laughs> 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 So that was that's pretty an exciting change for me because I do like sort of stalking and hunting and then I mean carrying it back is going to be interesting. But um, but yeah, we're Brittany. Were you excited for the change to hunting? No, because I'm so bad at being quiet and being stealthy. (laughs) These are problems I have in any. Wait, how can you be so bad at being quiet and stealthy when you love horror games? Well, because in horror games, you know, you have to be cra- Well, in all the horror games I've played, I'm not necessarily being stalked. I'm just a mad woman running for my life, causing a ruckus. But, like, Fair. you know, <laughs> this is an animal that's, like, intelligent, and it can hear me rustling through the leaves. And I just end up chasing the dang thing, like, throughout the entire woods, throughout the desert, the whole time, like, taking terrible shots at it as it skitters about and flees from me. And then I get frustrated, and then I realize I'm, like, five minutes away from my target destination because I went the wrong way chasing an animal. I'll make it work. I'll try to get good. As the kids say. Maybe you'll be better at fishing, which is now an activity that you'll be yes. able to do. 
I love me some fishy. I mean, that's something that they said. So at the very end of this trailer, if you, for whatever reason, have not watched it, um, they sort of highlighted what they will be talking about in the next trailer. So missions, robberies, um, activities, enemy gangs. I other things there was, to do. And other things. And other than the other, and things. other things. And then um, the Deadeye sharpshooting. The- yes. And they'll go more into Deadeye sharpshooting. Although for, they've showed it twice in this trailer. And it looks very similar. So I'm not sure exactly what they need to go into. It looks kind of like it functions the same. Like you go into that weird slow-mo. You mark your targets. And then it fires. Um, Maybe they'll be more like a like a VAT system from Fallout. They would have showed that. Wouldn't it be in the HUD? Well, maybe they'll show it in the next trailer. Who knows? Uh, don't know. We don't know. But yes, so Deadeye is back. <clears throat> no surprise. Dang, this game uh, looks pretty. Uh, it, it does. I'm so glad you brought that up. So when I first saw this, I was like, obviously, this has got to be captured from a PC build. And then PlayStation announced this morning that no, in fact, this was captured on a PS4 Pro in 4K. That's really, and it looks fantastic. I mean, for half a second, I forgot that there's no PC release announced. <laughs> Obviously, there, this is going to come to PC eventually. But if we remember with GTA 5, it took quite a while for the PC version of the game to actually launch after the console version did. Um, and I, I'm sure this is also going to look beautiful on an Xbox One X if that's what you're going to be playing it on. But, I mean, the footage does look incredibly compelling. If anything, I think it's a good reason to potentially invest in a PS4 Pro if you still have a regular PS4 or PS4 Slim. But, yeah, it it looks fantastic. Yeah, you can also see the button prompts in a few parts of the trailer. Like so, yeah. Well, I didn't notice that on my first watch through, and then I went back and looked and saw. Oh yeah, obviously you can see like the X and the square and everything in the bottom right hand corner there. And if you watch the trailer all the way to the end, you get the kind of like the PlayStation like tag on the end that says exclusive access to online content first or something like that. I have to look up the exact wordage um, because I think that that's interesting to note because that was noticeably absent from this trailer and what's coming in the next trailer is what's the online, what's the online stuff, right? I think that that's probably a question on a lot of people's minds is what is Red Dead Redemption online going to look like? We haven't heard a peep from Rockstar about what to expect there. Let me pull up the exact wording. Here. I think, um, well, again, this is speculation, <laughs> but I think what we would see would be something similar to the PVE, what I'll call single player, I suppose is a better term for it, um, robberies. So like, I imagine it will be missions like that. You'll have, I imagine it'll be also similar with like enemy gang stuff. Like I can see them reusing a lot of the single player stuff and putting it into multiplayer and allowing you to make your own gang and then like potentially uh, taking on other gangs, having robberies, maybe whatever. Like maybe you're both going for the same uh, train payload. Uh, so like conflict ensues. Yeah, I'm Fair super stoked game. for this game now. Like, oh, I don't I know. know what it is about this trailer because the other trailers I was like, oh, that's nice. No, but I this trailer, you. I was like, hop here. aboard the hype train. Let's go. I think for me, the biggest worry was I wouldn't be able to bond or feel anything for Arthur Morgan. And then knowing that you can mold him to be as honorable as you want or dishonorable as you want. I thought that was 
that kind of did it for me. I was like, okay, this yeah. is good. So it's kind of the reason why I'm really excited for Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But Laura just, oh, she irritates me right now. And so I'm very excited to play that. And I know she's extremely well-written, and that's why she does irritate me. But I just know I'm going to have to go through that moment where I want to reach that screen and wring her little neck. Yes. But, yeah. Anyway. I'm excited because I like playing, I like playing what I'll call pragmatic. So for the most part, I am honorable. But then there are those people that I'm like, you know what? No, you don't deserve anything <laughs> but a bullet. So goodbye. And like, I like having the freedom to kind of be able to do, be as good or like walk that gray line as much as I want to. And so I'm super, I really want, I mean, maybe they don't need to show me too much, but I would like to see or at least have them confirm whether or not this indicates branching storylines or whether or not this is more of like your reputation in the world. Um, so like if you do tend to be more of a jerk, are towns going to be less welcoming to you? Like what it talks about consequences, consequences. but it doesn't tell you what the consequences are. Um, so that's something that I'm very curious to see. But I'm also just like really stoked to like go find a really pretty horse and run around and look at this game because it's so beautiful. Like I'm looking at the mountains and the deserts and everything. I'm just like, oh my Those god, lighting effects, man, so pretty. I like um, about this all yeah. day. I know. Yeah, we totally could. I, there, since we have you guys here, <laughs> I wanted to just sneak in a couple of other news stories that broke <laughs> this morning. Um, since we have been talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, and we mentioned that they're going to have select online content available first on PlayStation, and the game was captured in PS4 Pro, I feel like that's a natural segue into a story that broke on the PlayStation blog this morning about a brand new limited edition PS4 Pro to commemorate 500 million PlayStations sold. So um, they announced, the senior vice president of worldwide marketing, Eric Lampel, announced, I'm thrilled to reveal that Sony Interactive Entertainment has officially sold more than 200, or sorry, more than 525.3 million PlayStation systems worldwide. With 500 million PlayStation systems sold, that means the countless adventures into the unknown, courageous stance against evil, and lifelong memories playing with family and friends. There'll be some dramatic um, music playing behind that statement. I know, right? As translucent colors are always a fan favorite, this is a great opportunity to bring this color to the PlayStation 4 Pro system as a thank you to our fans. To celebrate this exceptional milestone, we are announcing today a global release of the 500 million limited edition PS4 Pro featuring a translucent dark blue console shell <gasps> and matching DualShock 4 wireless controller, PlayStation camera, vertical stand, and mono headset. <gasps> the PS4 Pro also comes with a massive two terabyte hard drive for you to store tons of games, apps, videos, screenshots, and more. It will be available for $499.99 USD with, uh, and it's six, $639.99 uh, in Canada and will be limited to 50,000 units worldwide. That's in addition, each system will have a commemorative copper plate on its front with its limited edition serial number etched onto it. And for the very lucky few who can get them, we have a few, quote, extra special hardware units with serial numbers that commemorate important events in the history of PlayStation. Keep your eyes peeled for these extra special serial numbers like 09995, the U.S. launch date of the original PlayStation, 01115, the U.S. launch date of PS4, 01013, the U.S. launch date of PSVR. Aww. It's so 
pretty. Yeah, this console is really pretty. I just want a controller. Dang. I'm going to be honest. I like the, I think the console looks better than the controller. Really? Yeah. Let me see. I feel like the photos aren't doing it justice. When I saw the, I, when I saw the photos being tweeted this morning, I was like, what's so special about this? It just looks dark blue. And then I watched the video mm. and that's where you can really see, uh, the, the detail and the translucent, um, case on both the controller and the console. So I, if you are at all are interested, of course they have a, you know, that the sexy trailer up at the PlayStation blog and a variety of other uh, websites right now. Um, but yeah, it looks, uh, it looks looks real pretty, mm-hmm. and the two terabyte hard drive is something that should be standard now. Yeah, <laughs> just, just yeah. make it standard. Video games are getting much much bigger. Indeed. Um, one more piece of news before we let you guys go, um, because it's been such a hotly <laughs> talked about thing online. Fortnite's Android beta is finally starting this week. So this morning. Um, there was an announcement from Samsung where they finally revealed the Galaxy Note 9. So over at Polygon, they write, although most of the details about the device were already known due to a series of extensive leaks and even accidentally released promotional videos, one of the more interesting rumors had to do with gaming. Samsung was rumored to have a timed exclusive on the Android version of Fortnite. Those rumors were partially true. Tim Sweeney came on stage during the event to announce that players with select Samsung devices can begin playing the beta as of today. Galaxy owners will also get an exclusive skin, which you can see on their website. Uh, the Verge writes, it's not just the new Note 9 and Tab S4 getting Fortnite owners of a range of recent Samsung devices. The S9, S9 Plus, Note 8, Galaxy S8, S8 Plus, Galaxy 7, Galaxy 7 Edge, and the Tab S3 whew, whew, that's can all start playing the beta today. You'll be able to install Fortnite from Samsung's Game Launcher app. We don't know when other players will be given access to the beta, but it was discussed as being, quote, in the next few days. So it's possible that over the weekend that all Android devices will have access to the beta, but for right now, it seems like it's just the Samsung family of devices. So if you have been anxiously awaiting Fortnite on Android, like millions of players out there, you can now get your hands on it if you've got a Samsung device, or hopefully next week if you've got some other type of Android device. Oh, man. Excited for that news story next week. How many people are playing? How many times has it been downloaded? Uh, how right? much more no, money it's making now that it's on Android? <laughs> <laughs> That's totally going to be the story, right? Yeah. Like, uh, as Fortnite on Android breaks Makes ten billion Fortnite records, x amount of downloads daily. It's it's, a, it's making five hundred million dollars a day. <laughs> Probably not that much. They're all but- just rolling around in their money bags. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so crazy to me that every week it feels like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I wonder where it's going to, where the peak of this mountain is for Fortnite. Uh, clearly they are supporting this game excellently with content and skins and the the seasons and all the fun lore stuff they're doing. I mean, they're really crushing it. And it's, I feel like it's rare that you get a dev that's able to move so nimbly and to be able to adapt to what their audience wants so quickly. And I just, you know, bravo. Epic. Yeah. Hats off to you. Because, like, obviously part of the reason they're able to pivot so quickly is they know the engine super well. They made the engine. But the yeah. that's not to say, like, that's it. Obviously, they're very in tune with their community. They're very aware of what their customer base is looking for. And that's, like, to me, the they really 
big component of this that a lot of companies miss. We're going to get the Fortnite Saturday morning TV cartoon. We're going to get the Fortnite movie, the Fortnite collectibles. It's just going up from here, ladies and gentlemen. There'll oh, be yeah. Fortnite I pinatas mean, in every, every children's restaurant. Oh, my pinata arrived. Oh, is it okay? Did it make it? I haven't opened the box yet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but the box isn't dented or anything. All so right. I, I hope so. So I'll, um, I'll find a place for our fun little pinata on the show, uh, next week. And then, um, you guys can take a look at, take a look at it. Cause it's, it's really pretty. It's also massive. It's very big. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. Is this what you were looking for, Brittany? Yeah. Thanks. I need to bring my pillow up. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah, make sure you put one of your pillows in the studio for next week. Oh, yeah. Um. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that that's going to be it from our special report. We now bring you back to your regularly scheduled <laughs> programming, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. Hopefully, you guys <laughs> like that. So, I guess if you have, if you want to find out what we're going to say, and uh, even if you're joining us here live, you have to come back and listen to the podcast or check us out uh, on YouTube. And with that, let's go ahead and go on to the next story. So, this one's a pretty interesting one. Uh, unfortunately, we will not be attending QuakeCon this year. There was a period of time where I thought that I was going to be able to go, and it just didn't work out. And quite frankly, I just need a little rest. I'm so tired, you guys. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be watching a lot of the live streaming content coming out of QuakeCon, and hopefully you guys will too. This, of course, is Bethesda's annual convention in Texas. And they have revealed that they will be showing not only stuff from Doom Eternal, but they've given some new details on Fallout 76. So they have said, uh, this write-up comes from Polygon. As the Fallout 76 beta nears its October launch, Bethesda has provided additional details about the invite-only trial. The BETA, the Break It Early Test application, will be available on Xbox One, PlayStation 4 and PC via Bethesda.net reads the test builds FAQ. Now, while Bethesda specifically notes that the beta will make use of its own platform, it's not until later in the FAQ that developer makes it clear that it's using its launcher is the only way to play the full PC game. Not only will players be able to test out the game through Bethesda.net, but the full version will not be available anywhere else at launch for PC. Quote, both the beta and the game will be available on Xbox One, PS4 and on PC on Bethesda.net net only says their website now that doesn't mean that steam and other digital retailers won't have fallout 76 for sale at some point in the future because we saw fallout shelter didn't come to steam until nearly a year after its initial pc release on bethesda.net but considering that most other follow games on steam continue to sell like hotcakes bethesda would be remiss to keep it off the storefront the good news is that no matter what platform you're playing on your progress in the fallout 76 beta will carry over to the full game, which launches, of course, again on November 14th this fall. Um, this is interesting. We've seen other publishers do this, most recently with Call of Duty, Black Ops 4, and Destiny 2 using the Blizzard launcher instead of Steam and other applications. What do you guys make of this? It's not that surprising to me. Valve takes 30% cut, right? So if there's a company as big as Bethesda, Activision, Blizzard, whatever, to develop their own internal infrastructure to publish and sell these games, like, that makes sense to me. Go on with your bad selves. Um, I don't think Steam's going to be hurting because there are still a lot of developers, especially indie developers, who need Steam and need that platform there. 
So it's honestly not that exciting to me. I think people are, are surprising. I think people might be seeing the success of Fortnite. People are using Discord now more than ever. They might not need that Steam chat anymore. So eh, I, I think this is just, I think we're going to see this happen more and more. It makes sense. If you don't need Steam, then you can make it just, I mean, they're going to be tracking numbers, obviously. And it's going to be interesting to see how well it does. Yeah, particularly for a multiplayer game, it's a little bit more intriguing than, you know, for a single player game. I like to think that, you know, PC games are relatively accessible. So, I mean, for me as a non-PC player, this has obviously no effect on me. So maybe some of you out there can, if you're PC players uh, in the chat, maybe let us know if this is bothersome to you or if you're like, nah, it's not a big deal. Um, somebody had asked, do I need a Bethesda.net account then to buy Fallout? And I would imagine that then, yes, you do. But I mean, making an account is just as easy as like signing up with your email, right? So I don't think that that It'd would be a really be a barrier to most bit of people, a but bummer if things like say friendless and like that kind of thing isn't as easy because now you're no, you don't have your Steam friends list. And like now you have to add everybody yeah. manually through Bethesda and you're like, that's just like a, sort of a thing <laughs> but not the out of the world by any means and like you said andrea i'll probably play this on console uh it's where i tend to play fallout but that's a that's a good point i didn't think about um with your friends list but yeah i also play on console so it's okay i don't know but yeah it's not saying the console's better. Don't come at me with your pitchforks, PC. I have people. all the things. I like all the things, but <laughs> Fallout's one of those games where I want to sit on my couch and like enjoy mm-hmm. and not be sitting here. That was my keyboard noise. So that was good noise. Yeah. So Captain Geach thirty six says in the chat, it's kind of inconvenient for me not having it on Steam. Not like a huge inconvenience, but a tiny bit. So that makes sense. Uh, let me check the other chat over here. Um, Corey Gooden says, with the friends list, I'm sure they will do what Epic Launcher did, just sign in with Steam and it adds them all. That would be good. Oh, that's easy. Easy. Lemon squeezy. I love having you around, chat. Let's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, nice. Let's hope so. Helpful. I know. Maybe we should do this every week. <laughs> no, it's too hard. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Um, all right, the last piece of news, and there was a lot more that I could have added, but this news section has already gone on for a very long time. Uh, I just wanted to throw this in there, just a little, a little thing. Um, was a Diablo 4 tease made this week? Maybe. In a video posted this week, Blizzard teased some changes for Diablo 3 season 14. I had no idea they were on so many seasons for Diablo Crazy. 3. That's why. I also did not. Um, the video is titled The Future of Diablo and community manager Brandy Camel said, the forges here at Blizzard are burning hot and we have multiple Diablo projects in the works. Some of them are going to take longer than others, but we may have some things to show you later this year. Like at BlizzCon? We hope you stay tuned while we work. Yes, we hope you stay tuned when we work to bring these Diablo experiences to life. Obviously, she's got to be referring to BlizzCon, yeah. right? Oh, I'm so excited. Give me all of the Diablos. Holy I'm crap. curious. Yeah, see what this is, man. It could Diablo's be really fun. Diablo 3 coming to Switch, maybe? That could be one of the projects. Is it happening? Diablo maybe. Battle Freaking Royale. Is that happening? Oh, oh no. Barbarians in, Gosh, no, I hope not. Barbarians in, in other little witch doctors running around. 
obviously, I think the the main thing we all want to hear about is Diablo Four. I yeah. mean, season fourteen. That's wonderful. I'm, that's a very long. That's a lot of seasons. GG. But I'm ready for the new one. I also would. What about like a remaster of some of the older ones? Mm. I feel like Brittany, your not, face. I don't want to be like that's a right waste now. of time, but like if. Diablo 3 has been out for quite a while now. When did it come out? Like 2012? 2012. To the internet machine. Look. Yeah, a long time ago. No, I know. My face got real yeah, crazy. Yeah, May 15th, 2012 is when it was released. But Diablo just has that thing that no You're other game can scratch that itch for me. <laughs> it just can't. You type fast typey fingers. Well, she's what got about the, Divinity? She's, Didn't that scratch the itch? Divinity's, the combat is just so much different in Divinity. And it's just... I, on paper, yeah, like I the turn base it, versus like, the real time. Similar, yeah, <gasps> I just love that gold picking up the gold. Oh, God, I love picking up makes. everything. I know has the, clink the best loot system ever. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. That magnetic attraction that like, when things just oh, yeah. cling to your character, you're like, there's something so satisfying about that. <sighs> They're very, very I mean, good at what they do. It's one of the there. best action RPGs of all time. More Diablo, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sooner than later it's been six years been long enough yeah all right um ladies and gentlemen i that brings us to the end of our first segment of news when we come back we are going to be talking about what we've been playing this week um and um maybe we'll uh We'll see what you guys have to say about some things in the chat. Who knows? We're just kind of winging it here in our first ever What's Good Games. Presented, of course, by PayPal's hashtag Level the Pain Field. Uh, we won't take too long of a break for all of our live folks watching, so stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, to uh, the first ever live episode of What's Good Games. We're in segment two. It's brought to you by PayPal, hashtag level the pain field, where we're going to discuss some of the interesting statistics and findings in the gender pay gap, because this is clearly an issue that is affecting millions of women across the world. And we're going to discuss it specifically as it relates to content creation and streaming, uh, because that's what we do. Uh, but we're going to get to that in the next topic. For right now, let's chat, shall we, about some video games that we've been playing. So, Brit... Uh-huh. You've been playing some more Octopath Traveler. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Let me just throw it out there. I am playing something currently that I can't talk about for a few more weeks. So th- my conversations during the second segment are probably a little a little thin. I'm going to have to lean on my girls, Andrea and Simer. Uh, but yeah. We got you. I love you. So I've been playing more <laughs> Octopath Traveler. I'm still loving it, still enjoying it. I've come to appreciate how strategic the battles are. I think that's something, uh, when I was playing Dino Kuni 2 and even the game I'm playing right now, the battles are very easy. And sometimes that's like a good thing when you're playing a JRPG, but for some reason, Octopath Traveler, the combat is so well executed and it's so strategic. I really appreciate that about it. That said, I'm getting to a point where it is starting to become quite, I don't want to say quite repetitive because I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but the way it works, you know, is you have eight characters and you experience their, ch- their the chapters of their story. So you experience chapter one for all the characters, then chapter two, then three. And 
What sucks about that is I'm so invested in the individual stories and they don't last that long is by the time you, you pick it back up and you're like, okay, that's right. That's what this character was doing. And to the point where you're ready to start the next chapter and then it just ends. And it's like, no, I want to continue. I want to know what's going on with your story. But they're just such short chunks. I mean, they're still so incredibly, incredibly well written that they're very enjoyable. But, um, again, I still love it. Oh, yes, Nightmare. Have you found, um, more interaction between the characters going into chapter three? Yeah. 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 They're, they're definitely, does it like increase? Over time? Oh, going to chapter three. I don't, because I'm wrapping up all of chapter twos right now. Oh, okay. I see. So I, see. I don't know. So if you were just increase. saying in chapter two, there is some interaction now between characters. Yeah. Happening. Depending on who's in your party, um, which is, you know, that's fine. It would be nice if they would just pull everyone. So you don't m- maybe miss out on any character interaction. I don't know how that's handled within the game's code. But um, yeah, it is nice to see the characters interact and it is really entertaining. Like, you know, we've talked about so many times, Steimer, I would like to see these two characters interact. And when they do, it yeah. is, it's engaging conversation. Cool. But still loving it. It's now my, the game I play in bed before I drift off into La La Land. That's nice. I can now hear the children. Oh no, I know. I saw somebody put it in the chat and I felt, I was like, no, this is why we got this microphone so I don't have they to. They must like, be real. They must be really loud. The good news is that we won't be able to hear them in the podcast because I can edit, I can edit them okay. out in the podcast afterwards, but the live stream, you just, I, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Just to deal with the, runs a daycare. the people in the world. I do. I run a daycare on the side. I don't run a daycare on the side. That's a joke. <laughs> that is uh that's not that's not true i would love to see the steimer the steimer salty kids hey i did coach a children's soccer team and they were four and five i didn't do it alone i had two other girls with me but i have done that i have worked with children before i'm not a monster and and no no one said you were a monster i would just how how did you do it how did i do it did you drink uh, I was much younger and had far more patience. Ah, okay. Ah, to be young again. Yes. Normally money has to be involved, right? There was no money. <laughs> this The coaching was volunteer, um, and the other one was a class that I went to a uh, nearby elementary school and helped out with the... Uh, I helped out with one kid in particular who had autism. So Good for you. Yeah. You are a generous, kind person, <laughs> despite your online salty persona. Yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of you, Steimer, mm. let's talk about what you've been playing <sighs> since Brittany is playing a game that's under embargo. <laughs> and um, we apologize that we she can't talk about it for a couple of weeks. Thankfully, the publisher of this game understands that it's a very long game and they wanted to give us as much time as possible to get through as much of it as possible before impressions and reviews came up so it will be a couple of weeks yet um but hopefully Brittany will have a full report for us when that happens until then Steimer you've been playing Nino Cooney too yes so <gasps> finally so I kind of forgot that I had this game um and then I was just kind of putzing around thinking like what should I be playing right now because nothing like I like Octopath but it's not hooking me the way like, I think it's because of the story. I think it's the way the story is laid out is kind of messing with me. So I was like, I need something else. I need something that is a more cohesive story that I can kind of like follow these characters along in a more normal fashion, I suppose, what I'm used to. And I also want something that's like 
sort of bright and cheery right now of just, I just need a little pick me up. So I texted Brittany this last night. And if you haven't played Nino Kuni 2, I'm going to give some spoilers on what happens in the first like 10 minutes of the game. So I apologize if you don't want to like plug your ears or poke away for a minute. But uh, well, the first 10 minutes of like a 80 hour yeah, game it's is not, probably okay, right? So Nino Kuni 2 opens. Here I am. I'm like, oh, this will be a lovely, pleasant experience. Opens with a bomb going off in a city. Blowing up God knows how many people, millions of people. And I'm just like, oh, oh, <laughs> dear. Was not expecting that. Thought that that would be fine. And then uh, so I text Brittany and I was like, here I was thinking I was going to get some really nice, relaxing game. And then a bomb goes off in the first two minutes of it. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, yeah, you know, it gets. It gets better to worry, like, but there is like a sad bit in the beginning. And so then I continue playing. You meet two of the characters who will be main characters. And then you meet somebody else who like joins your party. And then, <laughs> then you play with them for like an hour ish. And then they go bye bye. And I was just like texting Brittany. I was like, well, now they're gone. <laughs> This is a great uplifting story it's for like my time. It's like a Disney time. movie. Disney movies are feel good for the most part, but someone always has to die early on. Something bad has to happen, right? Yeah. They tear There's you down. always like a tear-jerking moment in Disney movies. Yeah, they gotta tear I mean, you down before they build you up. You're not wrong, but it was just like me being like, I'm going in for a good time. <laughs> and then for it to just be like sad, Legit. sad, sad, sad. Um, you play Story of Seasons. That's like the most uplifting game ever. Oh, that's true. I should have done that. It's Someone fine. But so, so the then, you know, I obviously I got through, I got through the sad mm-hmm. and, um, then I got to where you like first when you, cause again, I'm only just started playing this game. Like when you first enter the map and you turn into these little chibi models of the characters and then my heart just melted and I was like, Oh my God, this is the greatest game of all time. <laughs> I love this. I love this map. I love the way you like boop around on mm-hmm. the map. I love the way you look on the map. And I like that you can see all of the enemies laid out before you. You can try to avoid them if you're not feeling like you're in the mood for fighting or you can just be like, no, I need to, I need to level up. So I'm going to kill everything on this battlefield. Um, that's really fun. Andrea, I think you might actually like this game because the, um, the, what am I look word I'm looking for combat that's the word the combat is much more action oriented like you mm-hmm. sort of play it more like an action game than you would a typical R- JRPG where it's turn based uh you have powers you can switch between the characters you've got multiple weapons you can kind of swap between um so I think you might actually like that and here's what I think you're really gonna like the but I'm surprised that uh, Brittany didn't try and sell you on before the main one of the main characters is a little boy who's like half a cat creature. So he's got little ears and a little tail. I love cats. And you love cats. It's International Cat Day today. Did you know that? What did you say? It's International oh, Cat Day. I didn't know that. Didn't but know how that. appropriate. Perfect. Aw, I'm happy you like it, Simer. It sounds like it's starting to get cute and I called it chicken soup for the soul. It yeah, really that way. no, I think I think I'm going to as you I think you said, like, if you skip a lot of the optional stuff, it'll be around 30 ish hours. Mm-hmm. Like you could make it streamline it to that. I think I'm going to try and do that. Um, I'm not super interested in building anything. I don't want that. I'll build what I need to to progress the story, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to like sit there and tinker with it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am mostly interested in the characters 
I like the map. I like that the combat is different because now it means I can play two JRPGs at once. I can play Octopath and Nino Kuni 2 because the combat's so different. It's not going to feel like I'm not going to get fatigued. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like, man, more turn-based battles. Yeah. Oh. Ah, yay! Yeah. I'm glad I did not steer you wrong. You thought you I did, did at first. I no. Yeah, first but yeah, rough just, just the first hour. People are dying. There's bombs going <laughs> off. Where's my feel-good game? And then, like, there's a coup. And, like, his True. dad was murdered. Like, there's yeah. all these really evil people. And you're like, oh, man. This is yeah. some heavy stuff. Uh, well, I'm excited to hear what you think as you continue forward. Yeah, I'm excited to play more. I actually, I'm, like, looking forward to sitting down with it. Score one for Brit. Yeah, good job, Brit. Thanks. I feel like all JRPGs have something super tragic happen in them. People in the chat have been like, it's like Disney. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. And like you said, it's like Disney. Like, like you gotta, Disney. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I guess you just, your mind blocks that part out. <laughs> you focus on the happy. Yeah. Tragedy, be gone. Yes. Ron God 22, my favorite film is not Catwoman, but I appreciate you making a guess. I don't know where that came from. Because you like cats. Why that's relevant to our conversation. Because you said you love cats. I was like, what? Where's, well, how is this tied it? <laughs> hey, it's good enough. Um, I do like that there's a hydration bot in our chat that says you've been live for just over an hour. By this point in your broadcast, you should have consumed at least four ounces of water to maintain optimum hydration. I have not consumed four ounces of water. Oh dear. And it's really hot, so I'm sweating out all of my water. All of your liquids. <laughs> all of my liquids. Well, We'll have to get some water in the next break then. Um, so I have just started playing Overcooked 2 on Switch, which launched this week. And I loved Overcooked. You guys out there have watched a stream Overcooked on more than one occasion in our After Hours stream. And uh, we've had quite a few shenanigans with that game. Really fun co-op game to play with your friends you know what's challenging about that game is playing it by yourself. I was about to ask, are you <laughs> playing it with someone or are you playing alone? Because it's not a game I would want to play alone. Yeah, no, I, it wasn't my intention to play it alone. I brought it to RTX intending to try it with you guys. Because uh... I even brought extra Joy-Cons with me so that we could try playing it on the Joy-Cons together on the Switch. Um, but I just kind of just slipped my mind. You know, we had a lot of stuff going on that weekend. But I decided to give it a whirl on the plane. I, of course, got to see this game for the first time during Judges Week uh, back in May before E3. And I knew I was going to like it. Team 17, of course, did a great job publishing this game. And it's got all of the cute animation and characters and mechanics that you remember from the first game. But they have now expanded on it. They've added new recipes, multi-step recipes, taking it a, a, a new level of difficulty. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, then the first game. And they have some new characters. And they even made a little Andrea overcooked character for Wait, me that what? I'm going to tweet out to you what? guys. Yeah, they drew me in the in the style of the game. Wait, in, it's in the uh, game? No, it's not in the game. Oh. Uh, that would be amazing. They just sent me the piece of yeah. art. So, uh, I was about to be like, money what? hat. You have to disclose that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, it would be amazing. I, I'm not in the game. I have not received financial compensation for this game. <laughs> they did provide me with a code for the game. Uh, but, uh, there was no other money. like, exchange chains. <laughs> I think they just did it as like something fun yeah. to, yeah, to send to people. Cute. So I'm going to tweet it out so you guys can take a look at it. But, 
The game is fun. It's really hard to do by yourself. Apparently, Joey Noel, friend of the show, is very good at playing solo. So I'll have to get some She's in the chat right now. protests from her uh, about how to play solo. But of course, this game is, is meant to be played. So if you guys have never played Overcooked and you don't know what I'm talking about when I mention Overcooked to you, it's a, a top-down puzzle game where you build food items and then deliver them. So you're in a kitchen and it's kind of it's not really grid based, but uh, you're looking at it bird's eye and you got your characters. You It's from one to four players and there are varying recipes from hamburgers to soups. And now in this and Overcooked 2, there's sushi rolls. There are different types of salads and there's something else that's new, which I'm blanking on right now. But essentially, the idea is that you pick up an ingredient, you have to go to a chopping station and then you chop it up to prep it. And then you have to go to another ingredient, pick it up, take it to the cooking station and either put it on the pan or in this case, if you're making the sushi rolls, you have to boil the rice. And then you have to assemble all of the ingredients. So for a sushi roll, you have to get a piece of seaweed whatever chopped fish is in the recipe and then the rice and then they add in vegetables to the rolls later on when it gets a little bit more complicated and then you put all of the ingredients onto a plate and then it assembles and you drop it off at the conveyor belt and it goes out to a hungry awaiting customer and then you have to clean the dishes Yes. So you don't have to clean the dishes in every level, but in most levels you do. And so then the plates come back and you have to wash the dishes. So these are all individual tasks. And the thing that makes it tough is there's a timer going and the countdown just kind of like makes me like get so anxious, you guys, that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm not moving fast enough. And I always forget the dash button. You can throw <laughs> things to your partner. So when you're playing solo, if you tap the shoulder button, you can swap between characters. So what I would do is I would take a piece of fish and go to the chopping station and get it chopping. And then I would swap to the other character while that animation is happening and go pick up like the seaweed and get the plate ready. But what was happening, and I was in anticipation of having to swap, I was hitting the button too soon. So my character would stop mid-action, but then I've already transferred over to the other one. And then no. I'd be like, ah, dang that it. Drive me I got to yeah, transfer back. And so I, clearly I just need more practice Mm-mm. with the game. Or you just need good, some friends as the kids to help say. you out. I am not one yeah. of those friends. Also, I, no. you'll get really mad at not me. No. When we used to play this with Alexa Ray, I would sit out. I'd be like, ladies, I'm going to man chat. Because I am not about to hop into that dumpster fire and get involved in that whole situation. And I tried playing Overcooked 2 at, at the very last day of E3 a couple months ago. Biggest mistake ever. Your brain is not working the last day of E3. And I was playing with, you know, folks who worked at Nintendo. And they were buzzing around, telling me to do this, grab that. And I literally just stood there. And I just gawked at everything you that was happening. You just stood in, in the me. corner? I stood in the middle of the stage, which was very inconvenient for everyone. Because they couldn't get past me. They're like, move. Just so I am you. more than happy to watch you two go at it, and I will be there, and I will feed you and give you beverages when you want them, and I will man chat, but let's sit that one out. Okay, I think Andrea and yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I believe I believe in us. Sometimes going with all four people can become a communication test in addition to your you know mechanical uh, skills. It's it's fun because like what I love about it is it's got a lot of whimsy, right? The, the animations are so cute and there's such a diverse lineup of characters, of humans and animals and it just the whole, the whole thing has this kind of like cutesy vibe to it that makes the stress fun, mm-hmm. but also like it's so much stress. <laughs> nope. 
I have to ask. Don't even get me started when you let things cook too long and then the kitchen lights on fire. It's just bad. You know, <laughs> there's a good gif. Did, did you tweet the gif? Somebody tweeted. Maybe it was Joey that tweeted the gif recently um, about the overcooked gif. And it was like panic screaming as like they're trying to put the fire out in the kitchen. <laughs> And I was like, that's so, that's so right on point. Andrea. With the overcooked too. But it's, um, it's fun and I'm looking forward to playing with you, Steimer. Next time all of us are in town, we'll have to get together. Wait, what's She's so badly trying to get your attention. I said your name a couple times. (laughs) Oh, you know, the problem is, is because of the way I have the studio set up today, I have the camera over here. But the monitor where you guys are is over there. Oh, okay. So if I want to look at you while you're talking, I have to turn Hi. like this, which makes uh, me face away from I the was camera. Like, Andrea, so I'm Andrea, sorry. We need to know. Inquiring minds must know. Is wheelchair raccoon back? Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> that was um, my favorite part of those streams. Yeah. Wheelchair raccoon. Well, the game is out today. I just Googled. Uh, um, actually. I'm not sure. No. All right. Well, we'll need to find that out. If not, DLC. Let's make it happen. Yeah. If someone in the chat knows if uh, if the raccoon is back uh, in Overcooked 2, let us uh, let us know. But um, had a bunch of fun with that game. But the game that I am thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea. A lot of time into, which, you know, listen, I, I know that Dead Cells came out. And I know when this podcast comes out, there's going to be people writing in being like, why didn't you guys talk about Dead Cells? Everyone's talking about how good that game is. Um, that game reminds me a little bit too much of Celeste in its uh, kind of Metroidvania 2D-esque puzzle platforming goodness, uh, which also got amazing reviews at the beginning of the year. Not really my jam. I got to be honest. Metroidvanias, I just... Ah. Have a hard time getting into them. I'm not quite sure why. I am going to check it out. Just didn't check it out this week, and we didn't get advanced copies, probably because they know that we're not like giant Metroidvania fans. So we will check it out, and we will give you guys some impressions. And um, maybe I'll come back and be like, "Why did I sleep on this? It's amazing." But until then, um, no Dead Cells today. But I have been playing Destiny Two: Solstice of Heroes. So when it came out. Last week, I hadn't really gotten a chance to dive in and really um, spend some significant time with it. I have been up until 2.30 in the morning the last two nights in a row, <laughs> uh, gr- grinding to get my blue solstice armor. You know, at first, when I saw all the things that you had to do to get this 400 power level armor, I was like, I don't know, man. That seems like a lot of busy work. But man... That busy work sure is fun. And we've got such a great group of What's Good Guardians in the Destiny uh, 2 PS4 clan that have been online that helped me out when I was test streaming last night. Thank you so much to to Kayla, to Kells, and to David, who all jumped on the stream with me. Uh, had a lot of fun. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where as mad as I got at Bungie for some of the things that happened in Destiny 2... It still just got such a great gameplay loop that I, I'm kind of forgiving them and I'm trying to forcibly stop myself from buying silver to get the glowy no. stuff to put no. in my armor. We, no. we need to turn this into a, a like a drama, like a t- made for TV series. <laughs> the, the drama between Andrea Renee and Destiny. She hates it. She loves it. I, I, I can't quit. You know, it's it's it, every week. It's something new. I am happy that you were enjoying it. It made me sad to see you when you were very upset about it. But I understand. We 
we criticize the things that we love. I was not very, I mean, I wasn't mean, but I had some critical things to say about Breath of the Wild. Doesn't mean I don't love Zelda. I get true. So Andrea, that's a good point. You might be uh, interested to know that while I was playing Nino Kuni 2, I was also re-downloading Destiny 2. <gasps> Yay! Steimer, I'm so happy. <laughs> that makes me so excited. <laughs> So one day I'm we will take you through up. all of we will take you through all of the things. And Brittany, we still need to get you in the raid, uh, which will happen. Um, I want to give a shout out to Zyger in the chat that said, "I just got my 400 warlock armor. Oof. Congrats!" Um, I saw a hunter with 405 level armor in the tower because you can put the mods in to make it 405, and it looked so cool. <laughs> Steimer, the the cape. Okay, the cape is you so know good. I'm a sucker for a good cape. The solstice cape is like the best cape in the game. Darn. Um, so I'm I'm super excited about um, about playing more. And what I like is that they have brought the missions back. I mean, I wish they had always had the missions available to play whenever you wanted, but they've brought them back as Redux missions. So they've added some gameplay elements that are a little bit different. There's one called Payback where it's the tank mission where you drive a Drake tank through. Uh, one of the Red Legion bases and you get to just blow stuff up the whole time. But this time, if your tank gets destroyed, like in the original mission, there were plenty of like pods where you could respawn a new tank. You can't do that here. There's like two, maybe three that I found throughout the whole mission mm. where you can get a new tank. So if your tank blows up, you have to hoof it on foot. Ugh. And those enemies are real tough. So what I found is that if I lost my tank, I really just had to checkpoint and start over and just be careful about not letting my tank take any fire. Those missions are really tough solo. But we ran a couple of them last night with a full fire team with Kells and David. Uh, Whiskey Jack, I believe, is his his name. Oh, the, maybe that's the second guy. Uh, Whiskey Jack played with me after the stream. Um and we we ran a couple of of missions and had um had a lot of fun. It was really great. I uh Lane was on too last night. Link. Um there's a lot of you guys. I'm sorry if I messed up your names. Like I said, I was up late. <laughs> it's fun. I highly recommend. I, I saw you on and it was like Andrea's playing Destiny 2. She's in orbit and I'm like I'm going to play Nino Kuni and it's fine. But I'm like, I got to go to bed. Like, I get up early in the morning. And I'm like, I have a feeling she'll be up for a while. Yeah. Good to know I wasn't true. wrong. I, 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 did, I did have to get up early in the morning as well to um, work on some stuff today. But um, the point is, if you guys have been holding out, if you're waiting for Forsaken, I highly recommend checking out Solstice of Heroes. Um, I do want to let anybody in the What's Good Guardian clan know. I've started kicking people who haven't logged in. In did 10 months or out? more. No, Steimer, I can't kick you out. Yeah, that'd be really funny <laughs> if you did. You're one of the founding members of What's Good Games and not kicking you out of the What's Good yeah, Guardians. But Brittany, I sent you a clan invite. You have to accept How it. How do I accept um, it? You, do you have the Destiny 2 companion app? If you don't, that's the easiest way. Just download it on your phone. What is that face? No, remember how long it took me to add you ladies as friends? Yeah, I now do. I have to download an app and I had to do it through the app don't, last time. Don't tell me that you don't have your phone in your hand right now. I have it right here. But see, that's what I'm saying. Download the Destiny 2 app while we're doing the show. And then I'll, me. we'll talk after. They pressure yeah, me. Yeah, I am peer, peer pressuring pressure. you to do it. You could do it. Um, but anybody else, uh, I'm going to start clearing more people. So if you haven't logged in in a while, um, I'm starting with people 10 months and older. 
And then I'm going to bump it to eight months and older. So if you're one of those people and you're in the clan and you want to maintain your spot, I highly recommend you log in and get active because we have tons of people that are reaching out to me asking to be part of the clan that are part of our What's Good Games community that didn't get in when we first launched because we're, of course, restricted to 100 people. And I want to make room for those people if they're playing. So I think it's just fair warning. You've been, I'd say you've been told. I'm going to get kicked. Um, uh, that if you're, and if you're not interested, if you're like, hey, I played it and now my time with Destiny 2 is done, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of great games to play right now. Um, even though this is traditionally supposed to be a slow time, it certainly doesn't feel slow. And things are just going to ramp from here until the end of the year, which is crazy. Like we have just a couple of weeks until September where things really kick off. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm pumped about that. Um, the last thing I want to say, um, about what I've been playing is I also got the chance to get more hands-on time with Shadow of the Tomb Raider at a special preview event that I went to in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. The embargo for that coverage lifts the day the podcast goes live, so Friday morning. So take uh, some time if you have to go to our YouTube channel or we're going to upload my uh, long interview with some members from the development team as a standalone uh, episode on the podcast as well. But I have some brand new gameplay to show you guys. It looks so good. I was a little hesitant after E3. Obviously, I do work with Square Enix. I hosted the, t- the Tomb Raider panel at San Diego Comic-Con. And I've done a lot of other work with them. But I can't just automatically be super enthusiastic just because we work together. But after spending more time with the game, I was like, okay, now you have my attention. And maybe it was because during that first press event, I died a lot. Yes. Like I died a lot did. of times. You did. Steimer had to come over and help that me finish the level because really I died. Your fall, Andrea. That was so the many fall times. of something we like to call bourbon. And so you can't Well maybe maybe. I don't want to blame I don't want to blame it on that. What I love about this build is that they let us play with the difficulty sliders. So this is something that I mentioned after San Diego Comic Con that I'm so excited that they are putting in here and letting people customize their difficulty. So there in case you guys missed that episode or missed that announcement, there's gonna be three different difficulty sliders. There's going to be one for traversal and one for exploration and puzzles, and then one for combat. So you can decide, like, hey, if I'm really good at combat, I can dial that all the way up. But maybe you're like me, and you kind of suck at traversal. (laughs) You can dial that all the way down. And the puzzles, if you're like, oh, I'm really good at puzzles, you can put that all the way up. And so you can kind of min-max it to your choosing. Maybe you want to go sliders all the way up. So I checked out the difficulty for this game with the dif- with the sliders all on max difficulty and it's like there's no white paint to show you in the world where to go there's no survival instinct there's like no extra ammo drops the ability to heal yourself is greatly reduced if not uh um med packs i think might be taken away i mean it's intense if you want to go all the way but same with puzzles she doesn't give you any hints whatsoever so i i put the puzzles on super easy where she's like maybe if i did this and i was like yes that's exactly what i'm excited to hear about all the ways she dies in a terrible awful death oh my gosh so in the in the playthrough that i did she got stabbed through the face 
Like she fell off and like a that, spike went straight th- sideways through gross. her face. And then there was another section where we were in a tomb where she fell into this pit and then wild wolves ate her alive. <laughs> like, see, all I want, I don't need the slider for the difficulty. I'll, that can all be normal. I would like a slider for no gory death scenes because it grosses me out. Can I do a slider yeah. where it's like, it just cuts to black. You just, you died. Okay, I can okay. deal with that. I don't want to see something impale my face. So how, have, has gore in games always bothered you, Samer, or is it just as it gets more and more realistic? Um, I, yeah, I think that's definitely part of okay. it is like, it def, it looks a lot cause I have, ooh, cause I bumped my microphone. Sorry. Um, you're good. I have always had an issue with movies and this. So anything with a throat can't do. Like it just, I feel like it's happening to me. That was a like, weird thing. I don't, I really dislike it. I hate it. It gives yeah. me the heebie jeebies. Um, so yeah, as video games have gotten more and more realistic, it's sort of a crossing over into that territory where, um, just like if it was, I was watching a movie, I wouldn't want to watch a super gory movie either just cause it, it just makes my stomach churn in a very unpleasant way. Makes sense. I'm, I'm with you. And I asked them how in, in the interview we talk about it. Um, so please do check it out. But we did talk about the level of gore in this game because the whole idea of the progression from, Tomb Raider to rise, not to shadow, is that she's like now has become the Tomb she's Raider. Mega Lara Croft. Right. Like she's like the peak of her abilities and she's super strong and she's facing more intense things than she's ever faced. Like Trinity is sending all of their baddest, you know, uh, toughest, like thugs and henchmen after her and so i asked i was like you know does this mean that it's going to get even darker and gorier because i remember distinctly from the first game from tomb raider that scene where she's like in a cave like wading through this like pool of blood and there's skulls and stuff there and i was like this is like really intense i go it's going to get more intense and they're like well terrifying tombs is one of our things and i was like okay good to know noted um, but yeah, I, I came or walked away from that incredibly impressed with how that game looks. And I know that it's up against Spider-Man, but I feel like they're just two completely different games, two different styles of games. And I really hope that if people are on the fence about trying it, that they, they give it a whirl. Obviously I haven't played the final game yet, but they're so close. They announced that they've gone gold. Um, and so we're in the home stretch here for the release of that game. And I'm just really I'm interested to see where her where her story goes, because when I walked away from that E3 demo, I was kind of turned off by Lara as a character. Uh, she seemed selfish and she seemed um, narcissistic, big headed and that she was pushing Jonah away. And I was like, I don't know if I like her as a protagonist anymore. And so I've gotten to see a little bit more of her and kind of. It's not just like the vertical slice that we got then. And I was like, okay, it's all starting to make a little bit more sense. And the relationship between her and Jonah is getting fleshed out in a really awesome way. Uh, he's just such a great character. And getting to meet Earl Balin at Comic-Con and then see him again at the event was really great. He's just such a nice guy. Were you going to say something, Steimer? Uh, I said she was narcissistic. That's all. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious to see but, that too. I'm I'm glad you're saying that cuz you you obviously got a bit more time with the game, but I was I didn't like it. Uh, was it Rise that was the second one? Um where I was just like, "Oh man, like Lara, you're kind of ticking me off. Like you're just I dislike your perspective 
on most of what's happening here. Um, so I, I do hope that that will change in some way for this game. Cause I'm very excited to play it. Cause I love the gameplay of Tomb Raider games. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, so I'm stoked to, to dive into that. I just hope that Laura becomes a bit more of a likable character. Yeah, it's going to be great. So a uh, new gameplay that you guys can see on Friday. Um, and check out my interview. All right. Um, Stiver, do you have anything else that you've been playing that you'd like to check out? No, that's it. Or talk about? What? All right. Yeah. Brittany, I know you're sad that you can't talk about what you're I playing. I want to talk about it so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, I actually have a, a, another game that I've been playing a lot that I can't talk about yet either that's coming out uh, very soon. Uh, sorry we've got all the embargoes this week. Um, but uh, we are going to take another short break for you guys when we come back. We're excited to finally get to the reason why we're here tonight. Uh, hashtag level the pain field by PayPal. And we are going to take that short break. And uh, we hope that you guys will stick around and uh, hear what we're going to chat about. And we want to take your questions, too. We know that you guys have a lot. I mentioned this on Kind of Funny earlier this week. And a lot of people have reached out to me on social media already. So please do put your questions in the chat. And uh, we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's segment three of the What's Good Games podcast presented by PayPal. Hashtag level the pain field. So when I first mentioned this um, on Kind of Funny Games Daily on Monday, there was a lot of people that had questions about what does the gender pay gap mean? And maybe it doesn't even exist because it's, you know, you pick the streamers you want to support. So uh, before we get into your questions and kind of more of a discussion, uh, we want to say a big thank you to PayPal for not only sponsoring this episode of What's Good Games and bringing this special live presentation to everybody, but also... Um, Thank you for kind of spotlight, spotlighting this issue. So the genesis for this, uh, which was really interesting, was a, a massive piece of data research that PayPal does every year. Obviously, they're a global company and they do studies to see how their company is working and where digital payment trends are going to, you know, optimize their business. That makes sense. Um, and during this massive study that they conduct every year, they started to look specifically into esports and video games, given the rise of streaming and content creation. Clearly, esports has been dominating the streaming community for the last couple of years, in addition to the rise of a variety of streaming platforms that we're streaming on tonight, you know, Facebook gaming, YouTube gaming, Twitch, you've got your, you know, your caffeine, your mixer, there's a bunch of places that you can get streaming content these days. And what they found is kind of alarming and a little shocking. And it was funny because I, of course, once I heard the stats, was like, I guess that's not surprising. But maybe you maybe you feel differently about it. 
So let me just read some of the information that PayPal provided to us from this massive study that they did, uh, some of the data that they found. So they found that gamers double consumption of streaming content, but female streamers earn revenue almost half as much as male counterparts. People are willing to spend massive sums of money supporting streamers, which we have seen um, all over the internet, especially in the United States, where more than a third, 34% to be exact, of live stream viewers reported spending $50 or more in the last three months towards streamers on platforms like Twitch. However, more can be done to support female streamers. This data is prevalent in the world of live streaming, which is on the rise. Viewership has more than doubled since 2016, which is kind of wild to think about that in less than two years, it's doubled than where it was just in 2016. So when streamers were asked how they get paid for the content that they create in the study that they did, almost half of women content creators, 47% in the United States, said they are not paid at all for what they create. While men, just 24%, said that they do not get paid for the content they create. So that's almost half as many men. So now whether it's the women you love to watch play or new gamers working for their big break, PayPal wants to level the pain field for everyone. So this was really interesting when they brought this to me and because obviously this is a sensitive issue for a lot of people and there's a lot of debate on both sides about, you know, what is this issue? What does this issue mean specifically as it relates to digital content creation and what can we do about it? And you know, like how can we get involved? So Ladies, what did you think? What was the first thing that kind of came to your mind when you like heard that this this stat, this idea that twenty four percent of men aren't paid, but forty seven percent of women aren't? I think streaming and content creation, especially in the realm of what we do, it's such a wild, wild west. And so, I don't think it's until people start bringing attention to statistics like this that we can actually try to start changing it. I had no idea. But like I said, you know, it's not like there's a how-to guide or a how-to or how much is the average salary of a Twitch streamer out there. So I think it's important, and I think it's great that PayPal took the time to do the research to bring this to our attention. Absolutely. And I think what's interesting about this and maybe kind of makes it difficult sometimes for us to analyze and talk about is that this isn't like a traditional role, right? This isn't a salaried position at an insurance company where you can really you know, compare apples to apples, what like senior salesperson Y makes to senior salesperson X, you know, versus man versus woman and really look at like the dollar difference. That's not really what the digital media content creation uh, landscape has ever been. You know, it's all about like how many hours of content do you put in? Do you stream for five hours a day or eight hours a day? That's going to determine how many subs you have. Do you put up four YouTube videos a week or 10 YouTube videos a week? Right. So uh, I want to get that out there that we, of course, are acknowledging that this is not an apples to apples conversation. I think the reason we really want to spotlight this and why PayPal brought it to our attention is just the sheer number of, of women who are not getting paid at all. It's not that they're not getting paid as much as their male counterparts, because clearly, as I mentioned, there's a wide variety of content being made out there. Some men stream more than some women do, and some women stream more than some men do. We're not comparing that right now. I think what's important to remember is that, especially for female content creators who are listening or watching this today, is that a lot of times I think when I have conversations with my female friends who work in this, this industry and others, the women 
aren't the best advocates for themselves, that a lot of times we're really concerned about making sure that no one's feelings get hurt and that we're not stepping on any toes and that we're not rocking the boat. And because of that, that might cause some women to not ask for support when they need it. And that kind of bums me out and makes me sad. But as a woman in this field, I understand it. You know, like when we first started streaming on Twitch, I remember talking to you, Steimer, about this, about like how uncomfortable I was like asking for tips or talking about subs because it just felt so foreign to me. But I mean, you have to get paid somehow. And if people are uh, watching the content, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with it. And what we found is that our audience really enjoys the content and wants to be part of that community. Did you find that when you were streaming? Um, yeah, I mean, I also, I never, I never asked for, for anything. Like I wasn't, I was not like, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share and smash that bell. Like that was never me. <laughs> I was just online playing a game. If you wanted to donate, you could donate. I would thank you and like read your message. Um, and that was pretty much it. So yeah, so like it, things were very inconsistent. I don't know if, if I had been more upfront and if I had, pushed more if more people would have been willing um it just at the time like kind of like what you mentioned andrea it just feel it feels weird it feels foreign it feels uncomfortable it feels a little like it just feels weird to do so yeah. i didn't um could i have made more money potentially and like been more successful at it possibly uh it is hard to say um but i i do think that that's definitely like a real issue it's a such a new career path that like we don't have a lot of information necessarily on on how any of this works or goes down and you kind of have to somebody in the chat is just saying die guys is you have to sell yourself yes if you're not good at selling yourself it's going to be a much harder road for you and i think that that is something that is a little bit more difficult for women Absolutely. And I know some people in the chat were asking about some, some more information. And if you guys are listening to the show after the live broadcast, uh, we will have a link for you to a blog post that PayPal made that has a lot more data just about the general trends in digital spending around esports and video games. If you want uh, to dig into that a little bit more and get a little bit more context for, you know, why we're talking about this today. Um, I think it's important when, you know, talking about, um, content creation and who you support. Um, it's like, why do we support certain creators versus other creators? And this is sometimes like a hard question to ask ourselves. And I think, you know, one of the things, one of the takeaways we want you guys to have today at the end of this all is to, uh, if you do currently support uh, content creators in the digital space, look at who you support and go, um, you know, what are the things about that that I love that that kind of encourage me to support? And is there a female creator that does these things that uh, maybe I hadn't considered supporting before? And maybe look at why you hadn't considered it and maybe what they could do to kind of earn your support. This is something we talk about on our show constantly. We always call for your feedback on Patreon. And we say, hey, what can we do to make the show worthwhile? What is it that you guys are looking for to contribute to the show? Like, is it a special tier? Is it a piece of content? Is it, you know, more of Brit's Microsoft Paint creations? <laughs> a lot more of that comes from, um, ladies and gentlemen. You just say the word and I'll whip you up something real nice. <laughs> That's way more creepy than I intended. <laughs> That's okay. But um, 
Britt, did you ever run into any of these um, kind of things? Or did you ever think about this when you started Blonder.com? Yeah, I think just starting out in general on the internet is a difficult thing. Um, and the whole monetization and getting paid for my content wasn't something I even considered till I was several years down the line. I mean, it's hard enough to put your work out there as a female and have it criticized from a lens that your fellow male, male colleagues wouldn't have, you know, oh, she's a girl and she's a woman. She's putting out content. And now she wants us to support her. Why don't you get another sugar daddy elsewhere? Like, you know, the stupid stigma that comes along with that. So not only is it yeah. difficult to put your work out there as a woman, there's that little uh, stupid BS that some people believe in that you're doing it just for the money and you're not legitimate and you're, looking for an easy way out. And so it's an intimidating thing to promote yourself and try to ask and put yourself out there and be like, I promise you it's I'm worth it and I work really hard and I put out good content, consistent content. And it's difficult, just like we were saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are all like very good points. I'm um, just checking in on, on the chat here. And um, it's interesting that... Epic Wolf says, I'm glad there are more female gamers out there, but not enough to change the culture of video games. And normally my gut instinct would be to disagree with you. But what we've discovered when you look at the data behind who's making these Twitch channels and YouTube channels, it is still overwhelmingly male dominated. And I'm sure that has something to do with these findings that PayPal has discovered, right? Is that maybe there's women out there that are really interested in making something, but have maybe been intimidated to do it for a variety of reasons, as we've been discussing here. So um, we always hear such amazing stories like we're about to talk about, you know, when we get to RTX in just a minute here um, from some of the women in our community who talk about what what's good means to them and what being part of the what's good games community has done for them. And we hope that if you are listening and you are a female out there who's even considered it, that you would take that leap and maybe take the risk and put yourself out there knowing that we will be there to support you and the rest of the what's good games community will be there to support you as well. Um, I'm going to take one more look through the chat here um, to talk about, uh, see if there's any questions and then um, I thought there was one more question that I wanted to ask you guys. Getting everybody's being so nice in the chat. There's so many great people talking about what's good games. Our community, you guys, is the best. All of you are wonderful. Gonna we did bring in an army of mods tonight, which are doing their job. Thank you so much to everybody who volunteered to mod on our platforms this evening. We couldn't do this without you. And we thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We know modding can sometimes be a tedious job. A taxing job, some may say. <laughs> exactly. Um, She's reading. Her, her brain is I just like, I just like looking at Andrew's oh, yeah, there process was one, There was one question from Twitter that I wanted to bring up. Um, it's from at Normandy Crew 340. Ooh. Yeah, Normandy yeah. Crew. I, uh, they write, not trying to start drama, merely ask a question. Is pay lower because of low viewership or low subscriber follower counts? I generally do not know enough about this and any info would be appreciated. I appreciate you trying to have a dialogue about this instead of some people on the internet. <laughs> um, so this is a great question, and I think it's, a, it's something that a lot of people are, are thinking about, you know, like, why are the numbers lower? And we don't have a specific data as to, like, how much dollar amounts more 
uh, male creators are making over female creators. And I think that that's probably for the best because that data is really hard to analyze from a scientific and analytic perspective. And I say that because it's not always comparative to take channels that are uh, reaching millions of people and compare them to channels that are reaching tens of thousands of people. Um, I think back to when I was on Viceland's The Business of Gaming, and they had me on their panel as an expert. And one of the questions that an audience member asked was uh, about esports. And they brought up some stats about how the highest paid male esports player makes X million dollars and the highest paid female esports player only made like uh, like a hundred thousand dollars or something like a dramatic difference. I don't have the numbers exactly right. Um, so I apologize for that. If you want to get the exact numbers, please do check out that business of life episode. You can catch it on my YouTube page. And so what they asked me was like, why is there such a difference? And is it because, you know, that there's just not enough women in esports? And I said, well, of course, there's not enough women in esports, but that's not why that number is so different. And I think that that's an important thing for us to be able to have a conversation about when talking about the gender pay gap is to think about these things from the perspective of the reason why men get paid more in esports is because there's more opportunity for men to play esports. And there has been more opportunity for men for a much longer duration of time. And now we're just getting to a point where there's becoming a more robust female esports community and more and more women are starting to join the competitive video games field. Whereas even like five years ago, it was substantially smaller than it is today. And the reason I bring this up, I'm, I swear to God, I have a point. <laughs> <laughs> um, is because like whatever we talk about things like this, I feel like people are quick to rush to judgment and are quick to anger and are quick to think, well, that can't possibly be true. And obviously, you know, male streamers are going to make more if they're making better content. And I'm like, listen, I get that there's differences. I was the first person to defend the male esports player making more because they were able to sell more tickets to his events and they were be able to sell more merchandise around that event than they were about the event that the woman played at. Like you have to be pragmatic about some of these things sometimes. The takeaway that I hope that you have is not one of anger or dismissal or outright rejection or saying that what we're talking about today is not important or doesn't matter. But instead, well, I hope that you will Take a moment and go, huh, I don't know why that would be true. And maybe ask yourself why you think that. And maybe take some time to go, I wonder if that's true. And maybe do some research and look at it. And maybe take a moment to think about it from a different perspective and go, what if I was a female streamer? How would I feel if the guy that I've been co-streaming with was getting subs and tips all the time and the same people who visit my channel weren't subbing and tipping me. I wonder why that is. I just want to throw some hypothetical food for thought at you, ladies and gentlemen, because this is an issue that affects lots of people. And hopefully we'll get to a point um, in this country and around the world. I, d I did think it was interesting that in the United States, it was the worst gap of all the countries around the world, like the biggest gap between male and female creators. Um I hope we get to a point where we can stop making about uh, it about like a battle of the sexes and really start focusing on everybody just doing their best work and getting paid for equal time and equal work. But we're not there yet. And until we're there, we have to have conversations like this.
And with that, I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> but she looks so good up there. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Thanks. I just kind of got on a tear there. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, good. No, it, it is. This is, these are important conversations to have, and we have to have them. They're uncomfortable for some people. For some people, they make them upset and angry. But that's just because it's such a foreign concept, and they don't understand it. Some people don't get it. But it's right. We do have to pave that path and have these conversations. You did great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, there's some really great comments uh, happening in the chat. One of our awesome community members, Molly Bittner, Molly. talking about STEM fields. Um, if you guys haven't heard us talk about Molly before, uh, she works as a literal rocket scientist, yeah. um, <laughs> which is which is awesome. So shout out to Molly and to all of our other awesome female um Science ladies, engineers, chemists, game devs. Um, we met some at RTX Austin. Maybe this is a good place for me to transition. Uh, once again, if you guys want to learn more about hashtag level the pain field, um, please go to that blog post. I want to end the segment and transition by shouting out some of the fantastic females that we work with and have been on the show and are friends of the show. People like... Uh, Alana at Charlanazard, people like Naomi Kyle, like Continue, Mary Kish, OMG, it's Firefox. There's so many more amazing streamers out there. You guys had tweeted some to us. Please, in the comments of this video, um, at, on Twitter, on our Facebook page, if you have a content creator that you love that maybe we haven't heard of, send them to us. Let's check them out. Share them around. And if you can support them, even if you can't support them financially, um, support them by, you know, following their Twitch channel, by subscribing to them on YouTube, by giving them a rating on their podcast. Um, every little bit helps as we ask for you guys every week. And with that, let's talk about RTX Austin. Um, so Brittany, Yo. was Texas as hot as you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was pretty toasty. I was pretty sweaty. I, uh, one day straightened my hair and the, within hours it was a foofy ball of poof. It was, <laughs> was it humid or was it dry? It was one or the other. Either way, all I know, my hair was not happy with anything I was doing with it. But, um, I was at, like I was talked about on the, was it last two weeks ago? I was in New Braunfels, Texas the week before and it was like 105 then. So I think I was a little, I was a little accustomed to the heat you see in Austin, Texas. Plus we weren't outside that much. It was fine. It's true. We were in the convention center most of the time. Yeah. We were. It was good. Um, speaking of the convention center, we started the weekend out. At the bar. On Thursday? Oh, we did. We, start, I, we all well, flew in Thursday. Flew well, we Thursday. were in the convention center, but we were doing some fun press interviews, which was an interesting um, perspective because most of the time we're the ones doing the interviewing. Um, and it was kind of fun to do interviews with our friend, the DCD over at comicbook.com and with the guys from Collider. Um, it, we did those on Friday. That was the first thing we did. And then we had the bar meet and greet, Steimer. What was your favorite part about our What's Good Games, Andrea Renee birthday happy hour meeting? I mean, sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's number one. Not having to be doped up on NyQuil and like, where am I? What's happening? Hello. Nice to meet you. Um, yeah, no, that was great. I really, really enjoyed going to Handlebar and meeting a lot of you guys um, and hearing all of your stories and then also just like enjoying a fine beverage. In the Austin heat, there were misters that were godsends. Um, Indeed. And I liked that bar, too. It was interesting. I wish I had been wearing something different so I would have gone on the seesaw, but I was wearing a skirt. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Ain't gonna get on that with the skirt. But um, yeah, I thought it was it was really cool. And um, there was there was a time we did a birthday shot that wasn't that. It was like, <laughs> oh yeah, it tasted too much like chestnuts. It was bizarre. Yeah, it Anyways, was. It's a great uh, time though. Brooke's birthday, who we will we've got to give a shout out to because she created oh, this yeah, beautiful, absolutely. wonderful art of you are Aloy Stammer is Jennifer and I am freaking Zelda. Oh, I was going to bring it out here tonight. Oh. Maybe if my husband is watching the stream <laughs> inside and he hears me say this, he'll bring uh, the art out and then we can show it to you guys. I'm going to eventually put it on set somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much, Brooke, for for making it in the first place and then bringing us those beautiful prints of the art it's just uh you're wonderful and lovely it was such a joy to to chat with you yeah so she brought those prints and it was her birthday the same day that we had the meetup so we decided you know my brilliant idea said hey let's do some uh birthday cake shots because they're generally really good i'm not even totally sure it goes to frangelico's and is it vodka citrus vodka i don't know so um, there was a ton of Frangelico in that shot. Too much. Uh, you just like, it just smelled like Frangelico. I'm going to look this up right now. Mm-hmm. Birthday cake shot. Obviously, there's a variety of ways you can make right. these. Um, but, um, so it's vodka, Frangelico, lemon wedge, and sugar. Oh. His oh. problem was that he put almost the same amount of Frangelico in as vodka. Yeah. And Frangelico is one of those things where you use like a quarter of an ounce, like a splash. This is just a hint. This is a hint of nuttiness. Just a little hint of nuttiness. Um, and the lemon, the fresh lemon is really what brings uh, the flavor around. And I think that was just missing. It was missing. Yeah. But it's okay. It was um, fun. We're not, we're not mad at him. I gave mine to Snowbike Mike. Snowbike, Snowbike Mike. Mike. No, it was so awesome <laughs> to hang out with, you know, and actually have conversation, conversations with people. I was sitting next to Jeffers. We talked podcasting. Then Brooke was there. And then El Padre brought his... Sephora gift cards, which was so nice and so unexpected. And then what was that food he brought? Um, oh yeah, the um, the bee, oh, the bee, uh, beaver, beaver, beaver nut things. What are those things? puff things? Yeah. yeah, they were so good. It was basically like caramel beaver corn, nuggets, but in a puff Bucky's form. Bucky's beaver nuggets. Beaver nuggets. Beaver nuggets. Sounds oh, gross, yeah. but were quite delightful. They yeah. were just they, like we, a little nice discovered- sugar wedge. Yeah, they tasted like the Waffle Crisp cereal, if you guys ever yes. had that. Oh, it's so much fun. I got to talk Resident Evil, people like JR and Boss and everybody, and it's just so cool. And that's one of my favorite things about these sort of conventions is just actually meeting you face-to-face and saying, like, hey, I've talked to you for the past year on Twitter. It is so nice to finally meet you and just have those conversations. It's like you're meeting friends. I mean, we're you know, there's no that there's none of that awkward hi what are you into as we just hit the ground running we're doing shots we're talking about video games why resident evil 2 is gonna be one of the best games ever made andrea and steimer and it's just so rewarding and humbling i I don't know what you're talking about i didn't throw any jab in there whatsoever i don't know why you're both looking at me that way what are you talking about what what do you mean i don't know what you're talking about someone gave me a look and her name starts with a k or an s I just smile at you now. Mm. <laughs> I wonder who that was. Um, Stephanie wrote in to Dear WGG, and I want to know if this is the same Stephanie that visited us on Autograph Day, because I distinctly remember a Stephanie without an E, because I wrote out her name oh, on yeah. her photo, because we brought photos oh, to the yeah, Autograph that was, signing. That was her. And she, she was like, she has the cool she was like, no E. 
Remember when I started writing somebody else's name instead of mine? That was funny. I was. Wait, I like, went to like sign like somebody I else's was name? going to sign my name, but instead I started writing their name again. Like you had already written like to whoever it was. I don't remember who it was. And then I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. And then I started writing the name again too. And I was like, that's not my. That's not my name. That's. I don't know why I did that. That did it happen. Was, it was a weird day. Yeah. It, we were tired. It was early. Yeah. Uh, but she writes, what was your favorite experience at RTX? Was there anyone you fangirled over? Um, favorite experience at RTX uh, for me? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. It was probably the meetup. I mean, just having the ability, as Brittany was saying, to interface with, you know, people who listen to the show and that we talk to in YouTube comments and in the Facebook group and getting to meet people face to face is always so fun. And having the chance to like just kind of like kind of chill and have some drinks and just kind of kick back was was really nice. Um, You know, that was probably the highlight. A fangirling, no. Uh, unfortunately for me, I, not unfortunately, I just, I've known, I've known a lot of those Rooster Teeth folk for a really long time. Uh, I worked with so many of them at Machinima back in the day, and I've just kind of known them around the YouTube scene for quite a few years. So I didn't see anybody that I fangirled over. Maybe, maybe one of you two did. Uh, no, didn't get Dimer. What? Was looking hot that weekend in all our oh. cute little outfits. That's what I was fangirling <laughs> over throw that out there you too discovered dresses ladies and gentlemen she wore a dress every day of rtx i could not believe what it. what is happening with my life here's the thing ladies and gentlemen and ladies you'll probably feel me on this short sometimes for certain body types aren't the best things it feels like little tight little constrictions around each thigh and then you sit down and then things splay out and it's, <laughs> it's not good for anyone um but also a highlight for me was i mean well we have these meetups and this was our first organized signing we don't know if anyone's going to show up. We have no idea. True. And the fact that, you know, people showed up and you took time out of your day to be there to see us. It's just one of those things that I don't think we'll ever I'll ever get used to, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Not yeah. at all. Um, And we yeah, so I loved the panel, except for the last literally 30 minutes. I had to pee so bad. <laughs> I was in pain. I was legit <laughs> watching my clock. Like, it's only been another five minutes. Oh, no. It feels like 10 years. Just because, like, I was just, I was hunched. I was like, it hurts. It just hurts. Um, So I literally ran out of the room when it was done. I was like, I got to go. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, where's the bathroom? And thankfully, some kind of soul was like, it's that way. And I'm like, thank you. And I ran. Anyways, that was the dramatic reinterpretation of what happened. Um, I love it. And... But I think that, you know, and, and it was really cool being able to like sit at an autograph table and like have yeah. people come up and say hi, which was super weird. So for me, what I am more comfortable in, which is why it was also the highlight of my, of RTX for me was the meetup. It's much more chill, feel less weird about like hanging out with somebody in a social setting than I do like sitting behind a table and waiting for people to come up to you. Like it just, that it was sort of feel strange. like. Is, I don't know if it, I don't think entitled to the word, but it's strange to be sitting down in this comfy chair and have people walk up to you. And it's like, I want to meet you halfway there. But if I do, that would be weird. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I get yeah. you. Yeah. For me, I like well, I like the the meetups. The meetups are good. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and this is a note I'll say every time after and every time before a meetup. If you're there for us and you're not wearing like clearly a gaming shirt or something. 
please be the first one to come up and say hello. Because I won't know if you're just at the bar or if, like, you want to say hi. So come say hi. I don't bite, I swear. I mean, <laughs> not strangers. <laughs> yeah, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. I was like, I was like, do you have something to contribute, Brittany? Um, I want to give a shout out and a huge thank you to our amazing PA guardian, <gasps> Crystal. Yes, she was so who great. Who was with us. She was so great. She was hanging out with us all weekend. So the guardians, for people who aren't familiar with RTX, are kind of like the enforcers at PAX. They're a volunteer um, force of amazing people who are there to help with anything from organizing lines to uh, running to get production equipment, answering questions. Uh, they're basically just like the eyes and the ears of the con and she was lovely and it was so such a great time uh getting to meet her and talk to her and she really kind of taught us a bunch a bunch of things about rooster teeth that we didn't know because rooster teeth is a massive organization that's been around for so many years now and they've grown their roster uh so deep that i mean there's a lot of people who are making content for rooster teeth that i've never met or never heard of and so she was she knew absolutely everything so she was a great resource for us and kind of helping us around at our as a, at our first rtx as a as a member of the roost for for rooster teeth so shout out to crystal all. the guardian you're great can confirm um, yeah i do want to let everybody know uh we had a panel and it wasn't just us like bsing about video games the whole time <laughs> um so we Brittany put together an amazing sheet of uh, notes and things for our how to podcast panel, podcasting 101, long distance podcast, how to make it work. We kind of went back and forth on the title, but we went over some of the basics that we do, some of the software we use, some of the hardware that we use, some some tips. I realized when I watched the archive back on Mixer, which is available, if you go to our Facebook fan page, you can find it and we'll be sure to tweet out the link as well. Um, we probably should have had people ask questions at the microphone because you can't hear their questions on the stream. But in our defense, right. we were not told that our panel would be streaming until we were done. It's very true. <laughs> Which is super helpful. <laughs> so was it? So I think apologies. It, it could have been PS so Lee in the chat who was watching it next door who tweeted at us. I think that was you. Yeah. So I could be wrong. And then we we're like, what do you mean you couldn't come in and watch? And then we found out. That it was being streamed and you're able to watch it in crystal clear HD on your cellular device. Whoops. Yeah, we would have absolutely tweeted out the link and posted it and let you guys know if you weren't at RTX, this is where you could have watched it. If we had known, and that was just a miscommunication between us and RTX and we're not, we're not placing blame on, on anyone. We just want you guys to know, like when you watch it back, we do repeat some of the questions, but during the Q and A, which we go over some pretty good information during the Q and A, you guys who attended had some awesome questions for us. Um, you know, if you have any further questions, uh, or specific questions, let us know. I said during the panel that I was going to try to like organize this into some kind of a document that I would post on our website, but um, I don't know when that's going to happen. So that. in the meantime, the notes. <laughs> if you have urgent questions, always you can email us at contact at what's good games dot com. Um, any parting thoughts about uh, RTX ladies? It was great. I didn't know it what wasn't to enough time. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. We got a lot of good food, thanks to Steimer and her recommendations. I do what I yeah, can with the food, man. food tour. Okay. We didn't okay, get to so. go to Gordo's, but there's always next time. 
It's true. Hopefully we'll come back to RTX again or just go to Austin to visit. Uh, I had a lot of fun there. And, you know, we're excited to be, you know, part of the roost at Rooster Teeth and see where, where that takes us and hopefully get some collabs. I did have a lovely conversation with uh, my old colleague, Miss Elise Willems, and was like, girl, can you please come on the show? And she was like, yes, let's make it happen. Hey. So excited about that, about getting her on. Um, and don't know when that's going to happen because she's busy and we're busy, but hopefully sooner than later. And also we had somebody ask us about merch, why we didn't bring merch to sell. And so we're like, maybe next year we can bring merch to sell. Um, but yeah, RTX was great. We had a really fun time. Thank you so much to Rooster Teeth for, for having us and hosting us at our very first RTX Austin. So we'll be back. I, Indeed. Indeed. I think that's the, I think that's the end of the show. I think so. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh, you guys. We've come to the end of our first live episode of What's Good Games presented by PayPal. Uh, thank you so much to everybody for tuning in on Facebook, on Twitch, on YouTube, to all of our mods. Thank you so much for being in the chat and fostering positive communication and conversation. Again, if you guys want to catch this, we will be posting it on our regularly scheduled time on Friday morning where you can watch it on youtube.com slash what's good games or, of course, on the podcast service of your choice. Brittany, is there any other housekeeping? Oh, wait, before you answer that. I remembered something. Uh, special guest on the show next week, returning special guest. Miss Naomi Kyle oh, is back. Yeah. Yay. She's got a new show she's going to talk about. Uh, she's been doing some cool things down there in Los Angeles. We're excited to have her back on the show. It's been a long time since she was here last. Yeah, it's last been a while. Year sometime? I don't even remember was she when she still was still at the show. IGN? Yeah. When, when she was on the show? Yeah, she was. Wow. She was just getting ready to leave. Yeah. But no, we, um, for once, there's not a lot of housekeeping. It's bizarre. What, what does this even mean? I don't know. Are we slowing down? Are we retired? I don't think so. Not quite. Not <laughs> retired yet. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for PayPal for sponsoring the show. If you guys want to talk about what we discussed on the show, we would love it if you use that hashtag, level the pain field. It helps us kind of like organize where the conversation is happening. Um, we would appreciate that. Have a fantastic weekend, and we will catch you guys next week. Bye, everybody.